Hello. Hi. Hi. This is such a good day. I'm so excited. It is. And I mean, we've we've still talked to each other. We can't leave, as everybody's already listened to by now, our like major fantastic and fun crossover episode with Meet Us at Molly's and The Locker Room. So you you have heard from us recently, but today is a very special day because guess what we finally get to talk about? The premieres! Yay! Oh, it feels like we've been waiting for them forever, even though I know we haven't. Especially yeah, compared like, to last year. <laughs> yeah. Because it felt like a long time, then I was like, oh, really? No, it wasn't, because no. by this time in the previous season, we were still waiting. How long more? <laughs> I, November. It came back in November last year. Yeah. So. Yeah. Well, and then we had <laughs> two episodes, and then we were waiting until January. Oh. <laughs> yeah. So at least that's not happening. <laughs> at least knock on wood, because uh, never uh, taking any chance like that again. For real. <laughs> um, but yeah, we're back, and it's going to be we a full season, back. a normal schedule. Mm-hmm. Like the first five episodes are airing in a row. Yeah. What does that mean? Like what? Say what? Yeah. What? What real? universe is this? This hasn't happened to us in so long. <laughs> Well, this is our first full, like, seat covering it fully, because, I mean, we, yeah. our pandemic season was our first one, so. Yeah. It'll be yeah. interesting. I know. Oh, man. I feel like we're going to be so tired by the time the finale oh, we comes are. on. We <laughs> are. It's going to be worth it, but we're going to be tired. It is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Um, yeah. So, tonight, well, for us, it's a night. For you guys, it may not be a night, but we're mm-hmm. talking about 701 of Chicago Med. 1001 mm-hmm. of Chicago Fire and 901 of Chicago PD. Uh, first, we're going to get into a little bit of news, though. Honestly, right now, the most news we're going to have is going to be like promos, episode titles, promotional photos for future episodes. As of when we're recording, we have promo photos for episode two. Um, nothing for episode three yet, except for titles and synopsis um like press releases so i haven't really looked at the photos for two except for the ones for fire um but the ones for fire sort of go with the description for episode two so that sort of makes sense um but let's go ahead and just talk about the episode titles and the summaries at least for two and three Mm -hmm. um so hopefully you guys will be hearing this before episode two airs. That's our plan. Um, just to, you know, we just got to figure out if we can make that happen. But let's go ahead and talk about that. So episode two of season seven of Med is going to be called To Lean In or To Let Go. Um, and yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. And the description is Vanessa and Archer disagree on how to handle the victim of a motorcycle accident. Scott and Charles deal with a UNICEF negotiator with repressed trauma. Hammer and Halstead treat a high schooler with Addison's disease and a clingy mother. Um, so we're going to get Stevie and Will working together next week. Except I and... kind of, I love their names of Hammer and Halstead. It's, I, I'm always <laughs> I mean, a sucker for alliteration. Alliteration. So. It's kind of great. Yeah. Um, okay. Yeah, so, and then Dylan and Dr. Charles. That'll be cool. Mm. Um, I'm sort of worried about Vanessa, though. She's paired off with Archer. That's 
that could be dicey. Uh, <laughs> um, so that's 702. Then we have 703. That title is Be the Change You Want to See. Um, and that says Scott and Halstead deal with a dishonest patient whose lupus is in remission. A wealthy donor makes inappropriate advances toward Hammer. Oh. Oh, Vanessa, yay. Marcel, and Charles try to convince a young woman to have a life-saving surgery. We're already doing the sexual harassment thing with Stevie. Yep. Already. She's only been yep. here three episodes. This poor woman. Oh my god. Yep. Um, okay, and then Chicago Fire. Episode two is called head count and trying to find the summary nope doesn't say okay i know i saw it somewhere so let me <laughs> well, i'm gonna find it i thought i had it up and i did not that's okay yeah maybe if i do this nope Season 10, episode 2. There we go. Okay. Head count. It says a video of Casey from the roof rescue goes viral. Mouch sets up a little free library at Firehouse 51. Herman breaks protocol. The little free Ooh. library is going to be interesting. Derek teased in an interview recently that we were going to see the return of Sheets on Fire. If it is yes, not please. in that little free yes, library, I am going to be so upset because that's the perfect opportunity. Like Seriously. if Mouch just accidentally puts it in the little free library and oh. somebody in the house gets it. <laughs> Oh. It would be amazing. Please let that it be a be. comedy plot. It would be. And then, I'm surprised they put this in the description. Uh, episode three is counting your breaths. So if you've listened to any of the One Chicago podcasts, you know we've all been talking about that we basically know it's all but been confirmed that the Dardens are coming back. This description confirms that, which is why I'm surprised they put it in the description, because in Derek's interviews, he's tried to be mysterious about it. But this just straight up says, Griffin learns the truth about his father's death and reveals why he really came to visit Casey. Gallo, Ritter, oh. and Violet take steps to expand their microbrewery business. So, there you go. There's our official confirmation. Griffin Darden. Is the okay. returning character or one of the returning characters? I'm assuming if we see mm -hmm. Griffin, we will also see Ben mm -hmm. at some point. Um, yeah, again, really surprised they put that in the description. Um, yeah, I mean, it's hard because I think you know, it's, to a certain extent, I know we didn't know for a long time, but I mean, we saw like those grainy promotional, like grainy yeah. kind of photos, but it's, yeah, you know, sometimes when it gets out there, it's just like don't go into much detail but you know it's it's just out there at this point yeah so but that's what we all suspected based on permits too because permits for 1003 had pilot house and darden house mm -hmm. um 
So, and those two were the same location, so probably the same thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm assuming, and there were also permits for the fire academy, which has the badge wall. So I'm kind okay, of assuming get, get the that tissues that, ready already. Yeah, that's gonna murder us because I'm pretty yep. sure that's gonna be Casey and possibly Severide yep. giving Griffin the tour of oh. Darden. So be prepared for that. And that's not even the two hundredth episode. <laughs> that's one ninety eight. That's one ninety eight. We still have more coming. <laughs> There are more emotions on the way, which Joe did an interview about that, by the way. And he said bold choices were being made. And then Derek keeps saying that it's going to be basically life changing, that there will be decisions made that will change everything. And I'm like, y'all hyping this up so much. I'm nervous. Like, I think we're going to be good for the most part. Like, Joe, Joe said that there will be things that the fans will love and there will be things that the fans will hate. And I'm like, yeah, I'm not really worried. Yeah, I'm not too worried about the things that the fans would hate. Also, it depends on the fans. (laughs) Yeah, and so because different fans like different things. Yeah, Yeah, so I'm, 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 I'll hold out. I'll hold out. Yeah, I mean, I'm still. I I don't think they'll do anything too devastating in the 200th episode. That would be terrible. Usually, Derek likes to be hopeful in the big milestone Mm -hmm. moments. So I can't imagine it'll be anything too, too heartbreaking. Um, yeah. I mean, life changing. Yes. Okay. They've definitely done yeah. that before, <laughs> but I don't know about the heartbreaking thing. Um, mm-hmm. So that's Chicago fire. And now we have PD, which I do have those up right here. Um, so for, well, I did. What happened? Here it is. Okay, so for uh, episode two of PD, that one is called Rage. Um, And this is the one that we had the mix-up of the descriptions. Yeah. So this is the description that was released as the premiere description, but it actually wasn't. Um, When a PD informant is murdered, the team digs in to track down the perpetrator only to learn a shocking truth. Voight and Ruzik strategize to help Burgess, which we've also now seen the promo. Yeah. Which we haven't really talked about those. But this description makes a lot more sense when you see the promo. Because everybody was like, how mm-hmm. are Voight and Ruzik strategizing to help Burgess? Mm-hmm. Well, they're not strategizing together based on the promo. Yeah, They have I mean, very different strategies. <laughs> well, yeah, because I mean, we honestly thought when we first read that description of like, is something wrong with Kim in the hospital? And like, they're yeah. working together to get and like, no, it was, it made a everything made a lot more sense once mm-hmm. they realized that the, the descriptions were swapped accidentally. Yeah. So basically from the promo, it seems like Ruzek wants Kim to take it easy. You know, he's like, yeah. it's okay if you're not okay. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't have to go back to work right away, which Kim mm-hmm. doesn't take kindly to that as I wouldn't no, expect her not. to. No. I mean, I, I get it from his point of view. I also get it from mm-hmm. her point of view. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so, and then, but at the same time, Voight is like, well, before you make any decisions, come back and see if you can do the job. Mm-hmm. So they're approaching that from very different places, but it mm-hmm. looks like she's going undercover based on the promo photos. She looks so freaking good in I know. those photos. So, so hot. <laughs> just, it's, I know. And like, it's just, it's like, 
I don't know if it's meant to be that she like I obviously undercover like I don't know what it is but like it, it's such a different Kim look and it looks the so eyeliner she's got like the smudgy yeah, the, eyeliner yeah. look uh-huh and like uh-huh. the hair is like a little PC you know like a she looks yeah, very it, it rock and me, roll I know but it feels like maybe she's like one of the ones going under I mean I'm hoping it's a sanctioned undercover and not just like her trying to just prove her worth and doing it on her yeah. own right we'll see but it's just it's interesting because we always we've more or less had like Adam or Jay being like the druggy kind of person every now yeah. and then, and yeah. not Kim or Haley. So I, I'm I'm interested because we don't necessarily get to see them be undercover that much anymore. So I'm excited. Yeah, that's true. I mean, she's got a very like rock and roll grunge look going, which I mm-hmm. really dig. Um, mm-hmm. And then episode three, the title is "The One Next to Me," um, which. This is uh, interesting. This is going to be a J-focused episode, it looks like. Because it says, Halstead's past resurfaces when a former army colleague, everybody cross your fingers for mouse, uh, is implicated in a deadly blast. As the FBI launches an investigation into Roy's disappearance, Upton feels the pressure of the secret she and Voight are sharing. Um, Which we know what that secret is. Yeah, that's uh, that's gonna be fun. But also, I mean, I'm. It's probably not mouse. <laughs> I, I know we can be hopeful. We can be hopeful. It'll be some somebody mani- new we haven't met True. yet. You know, but we were manifesting for a long time the Darden boys. So you know, it's dreams can happen. So who knows? <laughs> please, please, I just want to see him again. I miss him, and I miss no. him and his and Jay's friendship a lot. <laughs> Seriously. Oh, it's probably not going to be him, though. I got to prepare myself for that. Dang. Uh, <laughs> um, so there's that. And also talking about the promos, because we didn't really for the other two. Mm-hmm. Um, the promo for Med look kind of looks like Dylan calls Archer out because he he says, um, you've been running this. Uh, what is it? He says it's like you've been running this ED like a drive through ever since I yeah. got here. Yeah, and so I'm which, assuming I mean, there's a a patient that Archer wants out of the ED that Dylan doesn't feel like needs to be out of the ED. Yeah, most likely because it's just like quick treat go, quick treat go, and it's just you know, yeah. and I in some aspects I don't I'm I'm not defending Archer, but it's you know like in his like combat situations it's like you treat him and go treat him and go, but yeah. at the same time if you have the equipment and time and care and doctors available you got to go sometimes work a little bit more and but i mean was i mad seeing everybody already start to gang up on archer no (laughs) well i mean triaging isn't always the answer like i get it you're an emergency department but triaging to me would be more for like the field yeah and and it's like the ed is not the field you're you obviously are have facilities yeah you have resources so you need Mm -hmm. to let the doctors use them that's the point Mm mm-hmm Mm-hmm. Um, but we'll see how that goes. And then the fire promo basically told us nothing, except there is an accident with a car under a tractor trailer. Um, and they pull it out and they pull the roof off and there's something inside that shocks everybody. I honestly don't want to know what it is because I'm very terrified. The reaction mm-hmm. in the promo of like that you saw of the other characters was very shocked. Um, mm-hmm. And I have a feeling that's probably going to be the thing that Herman breaks protocol over. Whatever that is, whatever happens. Yeah. Yeah. 
know. It's, um, it's, I don't want to speculate too much because it, it could be so many number of things. Yeah, it could. But it's just that, that they focus so much on Herman in that promo during that scene mm-hmm. that I'm like, something is up there. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but that's basically all the news we have right now mm-hmm. um, that we're aware of. If you've seen something mm-hmm. else, let us know. <laughs> but so far, that's all we've got. So mm-hmm. we've got descriptions, um, promos, promo photos um, through episode two. And then we have titles and descriptions through episode three. Um, because the first five are airing back to back, that will change every time we record. We'll have more and more as we mm-hmm. go along because we're not going to have breaks between the episodes as frequently mm-hmm. as we did last season. So there you go. That's all the news we got. And now mm-hmm. that means we can discuss the episodes. Yay! I'm so excited. Me um, too. Also, before we start, I do want to say you guys can always, after the episodes air, after you've seen what's happened, feel free to DM us. Mm-hmm. Like immediately on any form of social media that we're on, oh, Instagram, Twitter, absolutely. your reactions, because we'll use them in the episode if you send them to mm-hmm. us. Yeah. Um, so feel free. Forewarning. Yeah, we may not respond right away because one of us will be live tweeting that night and we will probably yeah. be exhausted, but we will yeah. get to them. But <laughs> exactly. To send and, even, whatsoever. and even if we don't reply to you directly, which we usually try to, mm-hmm. but... Mm-hmm. Um, even if we don't that doesn't mean we're not going to use it in the episode or you know we won't hear about Mm it um so you know it just keep send us stuff and maybe we you know even if we don't reply we will definitely read Mm -hmm. it for the episode itself Mm -hmm. so um just keep that in mind um so now though we can get into the actual episode and we're starting Mm -hmm. with med as always we go in air order so if you only watch one of the shows you can skip ahead to the one that you want to hear uh because we go in air order so Mm -hmm. you know if you don't only watch fire just go to the end of med and wait for fire to start if you only watch Mm -hmm. pd go to the end of the fire part and then wait for pd to start and you'll be good to go Mm -hmm. all right um Mm -hmm. so Oh man, seven oh one. You can't always trust what you see. Chicago Med. <sighs> the way it started. Um, they filmed this first scene just like a couple of weeks ago. By the way. Yeah. Um, so we were convinced somehow something was going to be in like episode two or three. No. Yeah, because this happened so last minute with filming. We were like, well, I guess mm-hmm. Natalie's not going to be in the first episode. And then like two weeks ago, somebody sent us these photos, and they're like. By the way, Tori was spotted on set. And we're like, what? Huh? Yeah, we're like freaked out. Um, So that was awesome. They put it right at Mm -hmm. the beginning. Also, very sad. And I cried (laughs) a little. Mm -hmm. No, Um, I got serious because you could see like Natalie and Tori. I mean, Tori DeVito plays Natalie. Like it was like that goodbye. And it was just like you felt that goodbye. Yeah, the hug that they shared. Mm-hmm. So basically, it's Natalie moving out. Um, mm-hmm. Will's helping her pack up, which of course he is. Of course. <laughs> um, and it's just this little conversation they have, you know, when they're saying goodbye, which is, I'm going to be okay. Um, mm-hmm. And he's like, I know. 
and she basically tells him to call Goodwin because he needs to go back to mid. Mm-hmm. And then they hug, and it's a really like emotional hug. And Natalie cries. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and basically it ends with you better keep in touch. Um, which I hope that door stays open and that maybe somewhere down the road yeah. Troy can come back, even if it's just for like an episode or something, just to get yeah. an update on, you well, know, she, Natalie. She, she does there's no dying of her character so that's always a possibility right right um but that's really and truthfully the only like (laughs) goodbye scene we get because later on they just Mm -hmm. mention april you know that she's left that kind of hurt a little bit like i I was live tweeting that night and i was like that's all we're gonna get for april and i mean i get it but like maybe at least another minute yeah, like, maybe we'll get more when Ethan comes back because I ho- like I hope she was so I integral really to like Ethan Ethan's story for the I know past. I, I, mean, I genuinely hope so. I genuinely hope because so. it feels unsatisfying, unfortunately, yeah. to me a little bit. I mean, I agree. It was strange. Um. Mm-hmm. So anyway, so that's how we open the episode with Will and Natalie. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the next thing we see is going to set up Will coming back, which is Goodwin and this new doctor, Matt Cooper, mm-hmm. played by Michael Rady, who we mm-hmm. are super excited to see on mid because um, we love him. Um, mm-hmm. So, but Goodwin is very suspicious of uh, Dr. Cooper because his patient is having a pulmonary embolism while she, and she walks up on it. And she's asks him, is this due to the cardiac output monitor? Which I had to make sure I got that right. <laughs> um, and Cooper says he doesn't think so. You can tell Goodwin doesn't believe him. Mm-mm. And then right as that conversation is wrapping up, she gets a phone call. I love the look on her face when she glances down at her screen. It's like very surprised, but she doesn't yeah. hate it. She's like, yeah. oh. uh, And all you hear is Dr. Halstead. And you don't really hear any of the rest of the conversation. And then mm-hmm. do you want to take the, the next part? I'm mm-hmm. just going to. Yep. And so from that, it's, you know, Will and Goodwin, them, it, they were meeting in her office and they just, they start talking, you know, it's, um, and I'm trying to remember it's because it, honestly, all, the the night ended up being a blur by the end of it. So if I <laughs> sure, you were like tweeting, part, I understand. I was just live tweeting. I was going like a mad woman. And I'm <laughs> well, okay with starts- that. It starts with him basically asking for his job back. And he's yeah. like, I, I want to come back. It's where I belong. And mm-hmm. then um, I put this little note in there just to remember what that meant. <laughs> um, yeah. And then Goodwin starts to just, she doesn't even really segue into it. She just starts to talk about Cooper and how suspicious mm-hmm. she is. Um, yeah, which, yeah, which she, I mean, I kind of love that it was basically ended up her like basically goodwin blackmailing will into saying (laughs) you want your job back do this yeah do this for me or not gonna happen (laughs) yeah she starts asking him like are you familiar with vascom and Mm -hmm. he's like Mm -hmm. well yeah i mean i am Mm -hmm. it's like it's no better than any other you know cardiac output monitor out there um there are other alternatives that work just as good but yeah i know what it is Mm -hmm. and so she's like well she basically tells him, like, we are recommending that and using that more than any other hospital in the region. Mm-hmm. And if we are doing that unnecessarily, that's fraud. Mm-hmm. She's like, not only that, but it's an invasive procedure. So 
it's also putting the patients at risk too. Yeah. And that's when she breaks out Matt Cooper. She's like, Matt Cooper, you know that guy. And he's like, mm-hmm. uh, he dated my cousin mm-hmm. like forever ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sort of. Mm-hmm. And that's where she tells him that she suspects Cooper of taking kickbacks every time they use the Vascom. Um, mm-hmm. But she can't go to the board because conveniently Cooper's father-in-law is on the board so she she needs yeah she needs like an actual recorded admission of wrongdoing before she can Mm -hmm. do anything and that's where she says if you do this for me you can have your job back she makes him an offer he can't refuse (laughs) exactly (laughs) i had fun with like the mafia kind of reference when it's i mean she kind of came off with that well, it did, but it's just like that's why it felt so unexpected because it's Sharon, it's Sharon Goodwin we're talking about, and yeah. that never feels like something Sharon Goodwin no. would do. But you know what? You got to do what she you got to do. She did it, um, and I love that she was like, "Are you in or are you out?" Like, talk about like mobster, like gang, mm-hmm. <laughs> sort of mm-hmm. like she was like, "Are you in or are you out?" Uh, and the next scene just cuts to him being introduced to the staff, like he's back. Well, yeah, so, like, back in the ER of, like, well, back, woo, yay. And yeah, the assumption is just, he's in. No. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, this was, this next part was fun, though. Yeah, um, and it's that um, he gets introduced to Dylan Scott and Stevie Hammer, and lo and behold, a, a quote from the episode is, from Will, is saying, I know Dr. Hammer. We were in med school together, and you could tell pretty quickly there, there was a little bit of tension in the way Will said that. <laughs> very entertaining. The, the banter that came after was my favorite, which is oh, yeah. like, oh, yeah. uh, she's so, she like butchered him and I loved it. She's like, oh. so I heard your clinical trial was a rousing success. <laughs> like, yeah, call him out. Do it. We're here for it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> which, uh, once again, once again, Will, like you knew what you were doing was wrong and you did right. it anyway. Exactly. Um, anyway, so they have like a little bantery exchange. Um, mm-hmm. But I love Maggie like popping up out of nowhere. Like, what's oh, up with so you much. and her? Maggie is always like in the know. She's like, what's going of on? Course. Of course. Yeah. And then <laughs> when he's, yeah. Oh, yeah. You go ahead. <laughs> no, I was just gonna say, I love that there obviously there's a nickname here for her that he just pulls out, which is uh-huh. the hammer, which is great. Yep. Yep. He calls her the hammer. He um, basically, they were. Sounds like they were very competitive. Um, Mm -hmm. And she was first in their class. And Maggie guesses that he was second, but he does like a thumbs down thing. He goes lower. lower Yeah, I'm assuming like nope, further down than that. Mm -mm. (laughs) I hate. Unfortunately, I think much further down the list than that. Further down. (laughs) Further down. Um. (laughs) <laughs> break out some Hamilton um yeah so that's that's where that part was really fun just seeing him introduced to the new kids and that's mm-hmm. really our first introduction to the new kids mm-hmm. too mm-hmm. like actually a, um you know like an actual formal introduction mm-hmm. yeah because I mean other times like obviously like when Vanessa came in it was like her first day this feels as if they, they've obviously they've been, been there. there for a little bit so like two months I think yeah 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 <clears throat> yeah and then we get uh it's uh Matt is you know at the little like coffee lunch kiosk area and he's just kind of getting some food and 
uh, Will kind of comes along and he asks for Matt for a drink to catch up, but nobody seems like super enthused because I mean, it's you know, the hard part I think is you know, Will kind of still going back to his you know, Canaryville days. I'm like, it, it kind of still feels like one of those things you don't do in that neighborhood, but you know, yeah, if he wants to keep his job, he's got to do it. <laughs> he doesn't really have a choice, no. Nope. <laughs> um, and then that sort of prompts him to go back up to talk to Goodwin. <laughs> I love this. Because mm-hmm. as we remember from when Will was like undercover, like working with the FBI, he's not good at this. He's not. <laughs> and he doesn't enjoy he's it. Not. Uh-uh. Um, so he's like, I don't like being suspicious of people lying. So if my staying here is dependent on doing this for you, then I'd just as soon work somewhere else. And Goodwin mm-hmm. totally knows this is coming. And I love that. She like she does not really like Will, but she knows him very well, <laughs> mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. is really funny to me. Um, so she goes into this case that happened because of, she thinks, because of the VASCOM, mm-hmm. um, where a young man came in, got a VASCOM, ended up developing an infection, gangrene, which, ugh. Mm. Um, and he was in the ICU for a while and ultimately lost his leg. And basically, mm-hmm. she says, like, you know, if this was an unnecessary procedure, if we did this unnecessarily, then this didn't have to happen. Mm-hmm. So I need you to find out if this is being done unnecessarily, mm-hmm. um, which, of course, is going to get to Will because I mean, he likes Will can to be, find out the truth. Can, yeah, and he can, be, he can be dumb in many aspects, but he still he doesn't want people getting hurt by doctors. Like he's, no, and he's, he's like, and it takes, it reminds me of something that Sylvie said like last season to Matt when Matt was like, no, I didn't tell him about my head injury because I didn't want him to make me come in and get an exam and all that stuff. She's like, well, yeah, he likes to help. <laughs> that, that's his personality. <laughs> and that's what this reminds me of. Cause yeah, obviously mm-hmm. that's going to work on Will because he does genuinely like to help. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So a doctor that's not being helpful is definitely something he's going to want to look into. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and then we kind of get to I, I'm not gonna lie I was just happy to see Marcel again I love <laughs> me Marcel, too he, he looks so good he, he looks so good and you will see I, I will post a tweet at some point this week guys I found, I found Marcel when he guest starred on a show called NCIS back in the day and he has some oh, very yeah. lovely long lovely locks you sent me the that amazing amazing ladies at uh meet us at Molly's in the locker room and Logan have all seen already but I will post it because it's glorious and I wanted to tweet it during the episode but I didn't want it to get lost so I will be sharing that but I was just happy to see Marcel <laughs> again um and so obviously fairly quickly into that um Marcel gets a patient in the ED that was actually a patient of Will's from the Kender trial and that was uh Miss Lois Duran and what kind of pissed me off the next part is that she's clearly not doing well and they're like oh let's go pull her records well because she was part of the trial Kender has like seized and like locked up all the medical records which you know that seems insane that I get she was a part of the trial but it's somebody's personal medical record. Like, yeah, that seems insane. It's something insane. that it's something that other doctors are going to need. You can't just like yeah. Yeah. deny people that that. Yeah. Yeah. And so it's obviously it's not that it was like ever like bad blood toward the end, but like to get any sort of history on Mr. Ann, Marcel has to pull in Will. And so that's <laughs> always going to be 
little bit of tension a little bit here and there. For right now um, it is, yeah. Yeah. Because of everything that and happened last season. Yeah, and it's like you could kind of tell, I mean, it's probably, I think the, there's probably been very minimal talking between yep. them, especially since Natalie left. So it's kind of like, I'll talk to you because I have to, but do I want to? No. Well, um, I think, I think Marcel is mostly fine with it until, yeah. until things start yeah. to get tense with them. Cause he, when he, when he's introduced to the staff again, Marcel kind of nods at him like, Hey, and Will's yeah, just kind of so like, it's, yeah, it's been like, you know, it's, we're fine. There's nothing like that here, but it's not like yeah. they actively go and talk to one no. another. Well, and I think this doesn't help because, you know, no. Will makes like a suggestion. He's like, uh, cause he's like, this is my patient. Mm-hmm. He's like, yeah, I'm going to try and say this. Hypertrophic yeah. cardiomyopathy. Yep. <laughs> I'm glad yep. I wrote that down because I would never yep. have remembered that. Mm-hmm. Um, and Marcel's just like not interested in it. Um, uh-huh. Yeah. No. And so then it's just, you know, that's fun little bits of tension. And then, like you said, Marcel doesn't buy it. And then probably one of the few moments where like, I like Archer just for his staff alone is that, um, it wasn't my, he says this to Will, it wasn't my idea to bring you back. And then Will, of course, says, thanks, Dean, and congratulations on being made chief. It's what you wanted all along, wasn't it? And so you can already <laughs> tell the disdain in Will's voice from there. And then, I love it. This next part that, like I said, Archer, least favorite character, but this was amazing for him to say uh, to, to Will of looking forward to your next train wreck. <laughs> I just love that they like are not are unapologetically going after each other. Oh, I know. I love that. I know. <laughs> like Will, know. first of all, being like, "Congratulations, it's what you wanted." Yeah, I mean, Correct it's like you. it's kind of what we've been saying all along. So maybe if Archer is the one saying it to him, maybe it'll finally make sense to Will. So <laughs> <laughs> true, true. When Archer's mm-hmm. making jokes about you making mistakes, mm-hmm. dude, you're gonna have to take a look mm-hmm. at that. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but then that story continues um, because then they start talking about like procedure, like actual procedure needs to be done. Mm-hmm. Um, and Will keeps insisting that he's right, that you need to do this specific procedure because it's not related to the valve. Um, and Marcel's just very like aggressive with his response. He's like, I don't have time to screw around. Mm-hmm. Um, and then this exchange was very tense because Will just sort of shot off his mouth. Um, mm-hmm. he's like, but hey, Medicare's paying for it. Like, <laughs> he said that I was like, you did not. Marcel is literally the only doctor in the whole hospital who has oh. not made any mistakes or played any games. Mm-hmm. Really, really, yeah. But uh, Marcel mm-hmm. came back at him. <laughs> he was like, he, I mean, immediately came back at oh, him. Yeah. He was like, what was yeah. that? You think that's what I'm about? And I love that Will backed off. Like, Marcel got in his face and he was like, no, mm-hmm. no, I don't. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. Um, so, but then also, they, so they take the patient up to surgery. Will goes to watch because it's sort of like a shared patient kind of thing. But mm-hmm. uh, Matt Cooper comes in, which this was awkward as everything. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. he comes in in the middle of this surgery and he's like, um, oh, the patient doesn't have a, a Vascom. The patient should have Vascom. You might want to suggest it. And so Will's like, <laughs> but I love the way the tone that Will used was sort of sarcastic, <laughs> which I loved. because he, he suggested it to Crockett and Crockett was like, I got this handled. Thanks. Yeah. No. Goodbye. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, 
and then Cooper immediately backed off. Cooper was like, sorry, didn't mean to overstep. I was like, mm-hmm. then why did you even come in there? Go away. Let them work. <sighs> this is weird. He was also weird earlier in that scene between him and Will where he was like sort of flirting with the girl. And he was like, what yeah. do you think of a guy that orders the same thing every day? And then he makes sure to tell Will that he's married after asking about his cousin. Like, this guy is just giving yeah, me some it's, shady vibes. I know. It, no, it's it definite shady vibes. And so it's just, I was hoping that we were he was just being like a nice doctor. And that was clearly not the case at all. Seems, it's so. a little weird. It's weird. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. after that, um, Crockett finds out that Will's right. Because it comes up like it doesn't look like a valve issue. So, to his credit, Crockett changes procedures as soon as that becomes clear. Um, mm-hmm. And so they end up taking care of that. Mm-hmm. And then we get, like, you know, one fine, nice little scene between Marcel and Will. Where, you know, it, Marcel says, so you were right. You did know your patient. <laughs> and then um, Will kind of goes into, you know, Natalie's mom is doing well in large part thanks to you. And then they have another nice. It did. It made me sad. But then I kinda liked that they kinda went this little moment of you miss her. Yeah, me too. And it's just like I very much appreciated that they did this because it feels like they had some tension. Like they I feel like like I said, I don't think like they they've been acquaintances since like, you know, Natalie left. So you like you talk to each other if you're on a case, but it's not like they were actively trying to see each other. Well yeah. And also Will wasn't working at the hospital. Well, yeah, for two too, months so he wasn't yeah. really there so yeah I, yeah I, I mean it is it is going to be awkward but i, I do yeah mm-hmm. you're right it is good that they have them sort of relate over natalie um mm-hmm. and that they had them work on this case together right out of the gate mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. because i feel like they learned it wasn't totally obvious but i feel like they did learn things about each other and sort mm-hmm. of come to an understanding by the end of it mm-hmm and, and it, this had it had better be laying the groundwork for a friendship between them. Please. Like I I need it. I need it. The guys that met are not friends, and it really weirds no, me out. Not. <laughs> <laughs> I need I we need a friendship at med uh-huh. between two of uh-huh. the men, at least one. Mm-hmm. Like, give me something. The only person that's friends with any of the other men is Dr. Charles, and that's because he's like their shrink. That doesn't really yeah, even even that doesn't always go the best, so right, exactly. Um, <laughs> so yeah, we need that. So I hope that's where that's going. Um, mm-hmm. and maybe like this Dr. Cooper thing will be something that they sort of like hate bond over because that little exchange so. where Will like suggested it and Crockett responded very sarcastically kind of felt like they were both mm-hmm. like, what is this guy doing mm-hmm. in here? <laughs> I loved that. Um, then sort of like to seg into the next part. Uh, there is a little exchange between Will and Dylan, which just sort of tells us about his background, Dylan's background, where he tells mm-hmm. Will, he's like, he knows Jay, which we got a Jay Halstead mention on med. Yes, wow. How yes, long has did. it been since we had one of those? <laughs> Too long. <laughs> right. Uh, and he tells Will that they used to be in the same line of work. So that was a nice, quick little moment that they threw in there. Mm-hmm. Um, but that so dylan is we see him before all of this with will and marcel and goodwin's happen he's like one of the first things we see in the episode Mm -hmm. um so he uh it starts with him which i thought was interesting we just like picked up like he'd always been there i know which i know i'm not mad about it and so we get to see um and it's just like i very much enjoyed that it felt like i mean like obviously he's brand new 
clearly Evie, but it feels like he had been there for a very long time already, like more yeah. than two months, which is very nice. And it, I always like when it feels like a good natural fit in there. And it, was, mm-hmm. it made me very happy. And I will say I started to love him very much already. That, yes, me too. Know, it's, we got to see his first case that we saw was him working on a kid with a snake bite, but he, who won't tell really anybody what happened. And but the kid ends up telling uh, Doctor what, I forgot what's his name Dylan Scott what, Dylan Scott, Scott. That, that, yeah. two first names that's why I guess I know um, <laughs> and so he he gets the kid to he kind of what I and it, we see it even a little bit more in that but we'll get there but it's that he he has a really nice way of talking to kids and so mm-hmm. he actually gets the little boy to tell him it was actually a rattlesnake which you know honestly city of Chicago do you think there's there's not many rattlesnakes so it's like eh. <laughs> He can tell, he can tell something. Yeah, something weird about that. It's, and it's obviously a cute little exchange of like, "What are you a cop?" And he's like, "I used to be, but now I'm a doc." And so it's just, it's once again getting to learn that little bit more about him, which you know, that's not necessarily a logical jump, but it's not unheard of. Because I mean, yep. we had, and maybe you'll remind me what his name was like. We had the firefighter on Chicago Fire who then ended up coming to Chicago Med. And uh, his and Natalie, first name was. His first name was Jeff. Jeff. So, well, just, I can't we'll remember, remember his last name. <laughs> but it's just like, it's not unheard of. It's not unheard of. So I'm not mad about it. Yeah, and I think kid, with him, yeah. though, especially because he sort of talks about it later, but his whole family is cops. So I can yeah. sort of understand yeah. how he would go from one to the other. Mm-hmm. And so the kid actually says it was a gang initiation. And he tells uh, uh, Dr. Dylan Scott who had it. And then, of course... Dr. Dylan Scott being the good guy that he is, he tells Maggie to call his dad, who is a cop, and they tell him that they need animal control to pick up the snake. Because obviously, if the snake bit this little kid, he's going to be biting a lot of other people, too. Well, yeah, they've just... got the snake in a box. That's what it was. It's... Like, the snake was in a box, and the kid stuck his yeah. arm in the box. No. Like, what? No. Nobody needs to be doing that anymore. No. No. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Absolutely not. And so that does lead us, like, the way that all ends, because there's a bunch of stuff that happens in between, but this plot mm-hmm. wraps up at the end with the boy being discharged from the ED and his dad coming to, like, you know, pick him up. Um, but before his dad walks up, I loved this part. Dylan tells the kid, he's like, your little knucklehead friends, you're done with them. I mean it. And he tells him, he, like, points mm-hmm. out a cop in the in the lobby, and he's like, that cop works whatever side i can't think it was the west side and he's like and if he sees you with those kids he's gonna tell me and i'm gonna tell your dad mm-hmm. <laughs> and mm-hmm. i love that i love mm-hmm. that so much <laughs> that he's using mm-hmm. his cop connections to like help keep oh, this kid absolutely. safe absolutely very yeah i love him he's like he's mm-hmm. one of my new favorites now oh i know hopefully it, he stays it, that it way take... i know it's i honestly i have a good feeling about him i do love him already and i'm feeling hopeful I really, yeah, I mean, he's really great. And I think, oh, it might be too early to say this, but I feel like he's going to be one of my favorites on the show. No, I, I agree. I mean, it's right now, I don't know how anybody could take that spot from herself from me. I don't know. No. But Nobody, no, no. I, he's not going to be the favorite because Crockett yeah. is the favorite. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, true. Very true. But I mean, he'll be one of them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He'll be in top five. <laughs> Very true. Very true. And so then from there, we kind of actually got to see uh, not only, I mean, I keep, I, I feel like I have to say his name, like full name Dylan Scott every time. It just feels like one of those names. Um, 
to we got to see and I'll try and just say Dylan this time so we saw Dylan and then we got to see Dr. Hammer aka Stevie and they actually got to work on a case together which we I I feel like that's not something we see all too often like we obviously see like you see Marcel and like usually like an ED doc together but not always usually too many ED docs working together unless there's like some yeah I mean it happened with Will and Natalie a lot but I mean usually because they work together a lot on stuff but I mean you're right normally it's like it would be April and an ED doc or Maggie and Mm -hmm. an ED doc yeah um, and especially because these are both two new characters, normally, mm-hmm. if they were going to do two Doctors, it would be a new Doctor and one uh-huh. new. But uh-huh. it's nice. They put the two new kids together, so we got to see how mm-hmm. they worked and, you know, how they worked with someone else. Mm-hmm. Um, that was nice. I liked it. Yeah, and so they end up working on this 10-year-old girl who's extremely lethargic, which, you know, most children, even 10-year-olds, even though they're getting close to teenage they're very rarely lethargic. They do find out that the girl has sickle cell anemia, but they send her up for a CT because obviously there's being sick with sickle cell, but then there's being like this like lethargic and kind of comatose. And well, then, she has um, trouble with grips as well. Yeah. Like, so, I forgot, I didn't put that in here, but Dylan tries gets yeah. her to grip his fingers. One side, mm-hmm. she's totally fine. The other side, she like barely does anything. Mm-hmm. And then, obviously, while all of this go- is going on, they kind of start to see these little inklings that the mother, who's obviously worried sick for her daughter, she's having, she's not doing, honestly, all that well herself. And But she's, you know, she's like, she's powering through, she's trying to move through it, just, you know, for the sake of trying to focus on her daughter and figure out, figuring out what's wrong with her daughter. Yeah. Um, and then after the scan, they check back in, and they it turns out, which they basically already knew, but the scan just confirmed mm-hmm that Jasmine had a stroke because of her sickle cell, because she was neglected, like her treatment was neglected. Um, And they Mm -hmm. find out that it's because the doctor didn't tell her what needed to happen. There's like a Mm -hmm. scan that they need to have once a year and there's um, medication, right. That they have to take um, as well, like a treatment plan, something like that. And this, neither one of those things happened with this little girl. So you know, it went unchecked and untreated and because of that caused a stroke. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I love the way both Stevie and Dylan reacted to the mom's guilt. Um, Stevie, mm-hmm. but I just love that she's so outraged that the doctor didn't tell them this. Like mm-hmm. she can't understand why the doctor wouldn't give them all the information. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And I, I loved that. But I also loved they had a very sort of difficult, awkward conversation, Stevie and Dylan, mm-hmm. um, because Stevie expresses her outrage and Dylan's just kind of like, well, you know, this happens a lot with kids with sickle cell because only 50% of them get screened. And then he sort mm-hmm. of throws it out there in contrast to kids with cystic fibrosis. And she immediately knows what he's talking about. Cause she's like, Oh, right. Cause kids that get cystic fibrosis are mostly white. Mm-hmm. And he's like, right. So, I mean, it, it was interesting to see them sort of have that difficult moment and the way they talked mm-hmm. about it. Cause it, it was, it wasn't like sometimes you see you read like you see those situations when a show tries to do them and it comes across as like very awkward and like aggressive mm-hmm. and that wasn't this mm-hmm. it was just very informative you know like mm-hmm. well that's because this happened and and Stevie to her credit mm-hmm. didn't get defensive she was just very accepting of the fact you know that mm-hmm. it was reality even if it sucked um mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. i loved that interaction it really showed us you know who these people are 
And then um, we kind of go into, you know, they've kind of figured out everything that had happened with the daughter, but what happens from there is that the mother of the sick, the mother of the girl with the sickle cell in here, sorry, it's just words are not coming very easy. It's okay. I totally get it. It's that um, the mom nearly collapses, and obviously her daughter's been through a lot, but it's Stevie and Dylan are like very deeply concerned, as they should be. So they take her to a trauma room. And they quickly find out by taking an x-ray that the mother has severe arthritis in her knees and hips, which, you know, this woman doesn't look that old. She only has a 10-year-old daughter. And so that's a little weird for her to have that uh, severe of arthritis at that kind of young of an age. And Stevie very quickly says, I have to ask, are you living in your car? And it, it kind of started to be a very tense moment because the mother was like, what do you mean by that? I don't like, how dare you? Like, and, and, and you know, it could be a very tense moment very quickly. Mm-hmm. And I very much appreciated how Stevie went about this. And she says, I didn't mean to embarrass you, but I've seen arthritis like this in people who sleep sitting up in the confines of their car. And it, once again, it, it's not a fun conversation to have for a few minutes. And it's, it, you know, and they quickly were able to kind of determine and I very much appreciate that Stevie was able to make the mother comfortable enough to not like feel like she was shaming her mm-hmm. but it was just mm-hmm. saying she's seen this and if we want to get you help we, we're not mm-hmm. trying to do this to embarrass you we want to help you to help you what you need so that way not only you can take care of yourself but you can take care of your daughter mm-hmm. and it then led into a very good I think moment between Stevie and Dylan where um you know Stevie said to Dylan don't cops have a lot of experience with homeless folks and you mean like moving along you like you mean like move He's... along you can't sleep here and and it was just like yeah just like that and so and it's just yeah it's once again tough conversations you know you have as you know being a police officer and being a doctor and it's just it's sometimes those really fine lines that even as a society we currently don't always deal with the homeless population very well at all and it's 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 really sad conversation to have but it's it's good to know and it's like I never even thought about how people can have arthritis like that just from even sleeping in their car like that's yeah that never sitting up yeah yeah I mean I don't think I would have occurred to me either and obviously I think mm-hmm. that because Dylan is very impressed he's like wow good catch with that and I think mm-hmm. immediately in your mind that sort of raises a flag where you're like oh there's a mm-hmm. reason she knows that mm-hmm. you know like there's something mm-hmm. you don't know what it is but you're like she knows that for a reason um but I also love that conversation they have because they both have things that are in their past that sort of make it difficult for them to see all the situations clearly that mm-hmm. they're facing. And I like that they talk about it and it's not, they don't feel like they're being attacked. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. I like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so then that, the fact that, you know, that red flag that raised up when she knew that sort of comes full circle mm-hmm. because at mm-hmm. the end um, we see Stevie in a homeless camp where she finds to a very, she goes to a very specific tent and she mm-hmm. calls out for her mom. Mm-hmm. Um, and then her mom like invites her into the tent. <clears throat> it turns out her mom used to live in her van. Mm-hmm. Um, she asked her what happened to the van and the mom's like, well, it broke down. Um, so now she's just living on the streets and she mm-hmm. asks, you know, basically does a little checkup on her, tells her she's going to get her some more meds. Um, Cause she ran out. She hasn't been taking them. And, mm-hmm. The determination with which she says this is so, I don't know. It's just, it was, it was a great scene. Um, 
I loved it. But she tells her mom, she's like, we're going to get you off the streets. And her mom's like, I can take care of myself. And she's like, yeah, mm-hmm. but you're not doing that. So I'm not mm-hmm. going to let you live like this. And mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, this is going to be a really interesting emotional plot for the rest of the season. Like, mm-hmm. I just really feel like this is going to be so interesting to watch her struggle with this. And, you know, if she gets anybody to help her with it or like, it just raises a million questions. Mm-hmm. Um Mm-hmm. And I'm so excited going forward for like both of them because mm-hmm. I'm intrigued by Dylan's like cop background. You know, like mm-hmm. I want to know more about that. But also Stevie and her mom, I want to know more about that. Um, mm-hmm. Like, what does Will know about it? Did Will know anything about her mom when they were in school together? Did they talk about it at all? Mm-hmm. You know, like I just, I'm curious. I have questions. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I can't wait Me to too. have answers. Um, I think it's going to be, I think these two characters are just going to be so cool to learn about. Just mm-hmm. like to have new people to get information on. I'm so excited. I can't mm-hmm. wait. Which it's just, like we, like we obviously got Archer last season. Like, mm. Yeah, we got to know about Archer, which I'm most, I'm still not like the most <clears throat> excited about just because don't love him, but you know. He's it, not fun. Like people, no. <laughs> It's like we said, it's it's why we included him in one of our other episodes of people we love to hate. And so mm-hmm. it, he said that purpose, but, you know, he still had some, I would say, I wouldn't say interesting moments in this episode, but, you know, we have to see Archer with, you know, obviously being chief of kind of like the ED. He interacted mm-hmm. with these like newbie doctors. And so he actually kind of praised them for a minute. And it was just right. like, obviously... They, I mean, they, obviously, they kicked ass with, you know, figuring out what was going on with the daughter and, and what the mom. was happening with the mother. And then even, you know, Dylan handling the kid with the snake bite. Like, obviously, yeah. that's a lot to handle in a ship. Right. So, you know, actually praising them. He, right. He's, he wow. told them they did good work. <laughs> like, what? Yeah. That was yeah. Crazy. And it was just, and it was kind of still like a sad thing that actually had to be said of like, a kid has to have a stroke for her mom to get a bed. And it's just, oh, it's just, that breaks my heart a bit mm-hmm. like it's just you know it's sad but you know it's they uh dr dylan scott <laughs> i don't know I yep, there you go you got it you got he, it <laughs> um he was able to get jasmine who's the little girl with the sickle cell into a gene trial which you know is really good and it's just it's not always good endings to stories on chicago med and it was this True. is at least you know a, a somewhat ha- i mean obviously she still has to go through treatments and all that but it was just like a kid didn't die today in the ED. So yeah. I count that as a win. For sure. Me, Yeah. I mean, that was a really great way to wrap it up too, for him to be like, you know, there's a gene therapy trial I can get her into and that'll help them out. Especially if they're living in their car, they don't have a lot of resources on their own. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. I mean, that's a great thing. Um, mm-hmm. And it also just sort of shows you like how these two doctors will fit in with the rest of our other doctors. Cause they're willing to mm-hmm. go above and beyond, but let's just mm-hmm. hope they don't take that to the extreme. <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> I don't know, man. These doctors at med sometimes. I Let's know. Hope. I know. <laughs> we um, So, but I love, so this sort of leads us talking about Archer, sort of leads us into um, Archer's plot for the episode, um, uh-huh. which was mostly with Dr. Charles. I have to say, I love Archer and Dr. Charles as a combo because they're just so sassy and it's amazing oh yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> like this that's the best the, way to describe it 
yeah i mean it, I, I just like i can't i'm so excited to see more of it just because mm-hmm. i love mm-hmm. i love their banter mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. anyway but that's this is how the episode opened was with dr charles and archer arriving for work well not opened but for the ed it opened like this mm-hmm. um arriving for work at the same time um this is where we find out what's going on with ethan um and so basically they're looking over at ethan's parking spot and then it comes out that ethan's at physical therapy um and dr archer says from what i hear his physical therapy is going well and dr Charles mm-hmm. is like yeah that's what he says <laughs> and oh archer um this is where he's like oh you're in contact that's good i'm glad he doesn't hold a grudge and dr Charles is like what are you talking about hold a grudge hold a grudge against me and archer's like well if he'd have been put on a psych hold <laughs> dr Charles is like oh. oh so ethan wouldn't have been shot this is like no, you know what? I never think about that. Not even for a second. What I do wonder about, though, is if any of this would have happened if you hadn't have taken the guy's appendix out against his mm-hmm. will. And yep. then he ends this conversation. There's a little bit more, but he ends it with, he was aiming at you, right? And I'm like, oh, <laughs> yes, oh. Dr. Charles. Yes, we love you. <laughs> I know. It's, I kind of just love it when Dr. Charles doesn't give a fuck, basically. And he's right? like, I don't like you and I'm going to make it known that I don't like you for the most part. I don't trust you. Okay. I don't like you. Yeah. 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 I love uh-huh. it. <laughs> and you're basically, you better just be warming the seat while, while Ethan's recovering. That's right. Until he gets back. <laughs> That's right. Ethan's coming back. Yeah. And so then we were kind of slowly getting into them. I, I always hate, it's not like, because obviously with being Chicago Med, we get a lot of cases in the ED, but there still mm-hmm. tends to be like a big focus. And so mm-hmm. the, big medical case of this episode included you know focusing on archer vanessa and charles as the kind of like the main team working on this bigger case and so what it ended up being is that there's these twins twin twin women (laughs) one suffering from abdominal pain and bloating but then there's also a healthy twin but when they start to do you know like just normal procedure stuff of like trying to put it in an iv or needle the healthy twin also wants to have the needle put into them as well and we start to quickly get the sense that there's probably something slightly off with them just because you know they insist on being exactly alike so like like we said if one wants if one has a procedure done the other one the healthier one wants that same procedure so they each have the same scar which okay and it's just it's kind of like eh, it gets a little dicey already and then you could start to tell very quickly of like Dr. Archer's like, what the heck are you talking about? And no, we're not going to do that. We're we're not. (laughs) And we just, they start to quickly kind of go into the patient's history, which it's the twins are Gemma and Emma, which, you know, that's a fun name combination. (laughs) Trying to say five times fast. But it's that Gemma has a history of ovarian cysts. And that uh, Archer kind of goes into the fact that, you know, with these continued problems that Gemma has, they may need to remove Gemma's ovary and the healthy twin says you'll have to remove mine too and understandably it kind of feels like that's a little much and so Archer's like page Dr. Charles because you know it's this this just goes a step too far at that point and then you know the twins are like we're the last people who need to see a psychiatrist we're very happy and it's very I I give these (laughs) actresses so much credit it was so creepy how often they did the perfect 
synchronization yeah. of saying it at the same time. And it was just, it, 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 they did a good job freaking me out. Mm-hmm. And then it's, you know, it's now we do everything together and like literally everything. Like they, same exact haircuts, same exact clothing. They want to have the same exact organs. And it's just, they like, shower together. They go to the bathroom together. They literally yeah. do everything. Yeah. Yeah. And so obviously Dr. Charles never makes, you know, anybody feel like they're crazy and it's, he's, he's just trying to understand them and it's you know obviously I mean obviously he knows that they are delusional but they still have decisional capacity and you know it you can't like not like legally but it's, it's in no right interest to operate on a healthy twin you know and so it's it's kind of hard it's, it was, then I was trying not to crack up of like you know Archer and Charles are like, are you seriously thinking that I was considering operating on the healthy twin? And it's just like, you know, with your history, I guess you just never know. And it's like, once again, Dr. Charles is not giving a fuck. Like, he's just, no. he's just like, he's not afraid to call him out on him. Like, good for you. Good for him. Right. Right. And I, I love that he highlights again, like, before they walk away, like, with their consent. Yes. Yep. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. like, by the way, in case you didn't hear that. Uh-huh. I love it. Uh-huh. But then <laughs> but this plot obviously continues. Gemma starts to deteriorate as we all as the audience expected her to, because of course. Um, mm-hmm. and the surgery becomes necessary. <laughs> um, but they they can't get consent because the twins obviously are gonna make the same decision. So if one can't if both can't have the operation, then one's not going to. Um mm-hmm. so Dr. Charles comes in to try and talk to them. And he thinks he reasons with them because he, you know, just he told they told them this whole thing about how they'd always thought they would have kids together at the same time. Um, mm-hmm. And that if Gemma has to have her ovary removed, then Emma does, too. So that way, neither one of them can have kids. So he kind of uses that. And he's like, you know, genetically, you're basically the same person. So if Emma has a kid, then it's basically both your kid because you are basically the same person. So it'll have the same genes and everything as Gemma and then Gemma kind of looks at Emma and is like well that actually sounds kind of nice Mm -hmm. and Emma says to Dr. Charles we'll think about it um Mm -hmm. so yeah and then you know so as one would expect you know the next thing we kind of get is uh Archer's just about to start on Gemma's procedure and you know as you know Dr. Charles being the good doctor that he is he goes to the other he goes to Emma in the lobby to try and just like reassure her saying you know you guys made the right decision this is it'll be better for you in the long run that you guys decide to go this healthier route well not so much because as soon as dr charles is talking to emma and i say emma in air quotes is that because if he starts to talk is he actually realizes it's Gemma he's talking to and not emma because emma's now on the operating table and so they did convince each other to switch their places and so Charles, Dr. Charles realizes this, and I, I don't think we see Dr. Charles run that often. He's no. Like, sprinted, running. Yeah. Sprinted to go stop it. And obviously, thankfully, he ended up stopping it because it's just, he's like, they switched places, which, you know, it was kind of one of the things I, looking back at it now, I was kind of expecting it a little bit because as soon as I started to see him talk to Gemma, Emma, whoever it was in the lobby, it's you got the sense like they weren't doing super hot so, like did they switch places i felt like they switched places and lo and behold yes. they switched places. yep 
they definitely switch places. But I, <laughs> that scene, he walks in the operating room. Dean call, Archer calls him by his first name. He's like, "What the hell, Dan?" Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but that leads us to the next part where they're talking after they've cleared everything up, and I guess operated on the healthy twin is what the impression I'm getting, or on the the actual twin who was sick, not the healthy twin. Um, yeah. And Archer says to Charles, "Well, they have matching scars now. Maybe that'll be enough to satisfy them." And I love that Dr. Charles is like, I have been doing this for 40 years and never have I ever. (laughs) Um, And then Dr. Archer is just kind of like, well, you know, at least we figured it out before Uh we did the operation. You know, Uh at least that, you know, at least you stopped me. Uh And then Dr. Charles kind of looks at him like shocked, like, really? Uh And Archer's like, what you're wondering if I'm being genuine well that's the curse of being a shrink and I'm like <laughs> and to myself I'm thinking no that's the curse of knowing you yeah it's not because it's like, he's oh. a shrink <laughs> no because it's like oh we had a nice moment and then you're like oh you ruined it by kind of mocking my profession so thank you right like no it's not because I'm a shrink it's because you're a jerk <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. yeah 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 uh, and then we kind of briefly, which I kind of was a little surprised we didn't get a ton of, like, I mean, we got to see Vanessa in little parts, but it wasn't like, you know, as a dedicated of a storyline for Vanessa. Yeah. Not, I mean, it's not bad, but I still, obviously, as the season goes on, I want to get to see her and Maggie definitely a little bit more. But lo and behold, guess who we got to see in the episode that I wasn't sure if we were going to get to see him? <laughs> we saw Lannick. Lannick for like a split second. <laughs> And I was just like, oh, Lannick, I know that hair. I know that hair anywhere. <laughs> that glorious hair. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so, I mean, just like I said, very briefly, we got to see Lannick. But then, you know, it's as obviously Vanessa's been a doctor in, like, like a student doctor. Student doctor? I, I always forget. Like, mm-hmm. what's She's like place, a student doctor. Yeah. Student doctor. Uh, she's kind of treating this elderly woman who has a stroke. And, you know, it's a hard part of what's comes with the territory of being a doctor is you're not going to save every single patient and as you know you have the very good moments of you know you get to help like these twins who help to a certain extent like figure out what's going on with them they're both alive at the end of the day everybody's fine but unfortunately this elderly woman ends up passing away because obviously you get to a certain age a stroke is going to unfortunately be what does it in so you know it's one of those things we didn't really I don't think we've gotten to see Vanessa do it on screen before but she has to call the elderly stroke patients time mm-hmm. of death and you know it, that's a tough thing to say this is the time a person dies but you know it comes with the territory of being a doctor and you know it's toward the end there it's and it, you get the sense that obviously it probably has happened but probably not too often for Vanessa and so it obviously it's gonna upset her and you know it's one of those sweet little moments of you know Maggie still can't be she's not there for everything for her but she's there in kind of a moment when she needs it and just kind of is there as like a source of comfort because you know it's like I said that's a tough thing and it seems I'm very excited and hopefully we get to see continue to see more of Vanessa because I think she could bring a like a really good like presence and like I think a good emotional capacity to Edie. yeah she um I mean that scene obviously reminded me of a scene from back in the day with Sarah because Sarah had to do that too for the first time you know she mm-hmm. had to because she was they just call any doctor whatever doctor is closest um, mm-hmm. to make the official time of death 
mm-hmm. proclamation. So mm-hmm. um, <clears throat> it reminded me of that, but it was a nice moment because Maggie made sure to tell Sharon earlier. She was like, you know, I'm keeping my distance, mm-hmm. just trying to be mm-hmm. professionals and not really think about the fact that, you know, she's my daughter. I'm her mom. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And Goodwin's like, well, good. That's, you know, that's exactly what you need to do. But I know that's tough. So, you know, let me know if you need any help or you need to talk to anybody or anything. Mm-hmm. Um, and so this was Maggie sort of um, crossing that line a little bit. She mm-hmm. didn't go overboard with it. She was just kind of like, you know, I, I'm, I know that was hard. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm I'm sorry you had to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, which really was the appropriate response because she's, Vanessa is still wanting to be a professional. She's at work. Mm-hmm. She obviously didn't want too many people to notice she was upset with just the way that she handled it. So, mm-hmm. yeah, that was a nice little exchange, though. I think that's the beginning, mm-hmm. maybe, of them mm-hmm. sort of becoming I closer. I hope. I agree. Yeah. But that's basically everything in that episode. Overall, Kim, what did you think of the mid premiere? I liked it. I mean, I feel like as far as I'm not my favorite out of them, just because it, I think where I have to like fault them the most, I wanted to get more of a goodbye for April. Yeah. And that's just me. And I think I'm hopeful, and you and I talked about this before we started recording that, you know, I'm hoping when Ethan comes back, because uh, what's his name in real life? Brian? Is it Brian? Brian T. Brian T. Brian T. He's off filming right now, so that's why we're not seeing him on screen. But yep. I hope when he comes back, it's that because obviously where him and April ended up, that, you know, maybe we get a little more insight. Because it just, it made me sad. Because, like, April was a part of the show since the beginning. And yeah. She, she gets, like, that little of a send-off. Because if we do not, it, I will start be saying it every Chicago Met episode, like <laughs> we do with every Chicago PD episode. Yeah. What mm-hmm. happened to Rojas? What happened to April? Like, it's the least we deserve. Yeah. I mean, I think we can assume that she's in a nurse practitioner program somewhere, but it would be nice to hear them say it because the one she got into was at med. So like, you know, it's sort of weird for her to just not see them at all. Um, Yeah. I just, I just personally get annoyed of like, I get like, we're just like, it's pretty easy to assume things. Just tell me. Yeah. Yeah. Just once you just have to say Mm -hmm. it one time. That's it. Exactly. What about Um, you, Logan? I liked it. I, I'm a little worried that they're going to rush Will and Stevie because obviously they're planting seeds for something there, right? I mean, you know. the banter, the history that they've given them. And I think it could be really great. Like, there was a truly nice spark there. Mm-hmm. But, like, I don't really want it this season. <laughs> no. Can we just see them, like, being friends and maybe be, like, a little bantery? But like, yeah, like nothing I mean, substantial. Like we, got, got to, like we got to see April and Will do like last season a little bit. Like they had some good banter. And yeah, it's, just, it's like I just like I, I like I said before on many of our podcasts with other people and ourselves. I need Will to be on a journey of self discovery for like a little bit. It doesn't have to be an entire season, just a little bit. Right, or like uh, Marcel and Natalie in season five. You know they yeah. had them sort of orbiting each other but it wasn't really yeah. romantic they were just sort of mm-hmm. like getting to know each other mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. and there was obviously a connection there that sort of made them more open with each other I could go with mm-hmm. that I could go for that yeah but yeah. I don't want them to actually <laughs> to actually have them date just yet can we hold off on that seriously <laughs> um, seriously 
that's the only thing I'm worried about. Otherwise, I thought this was a pretty strong premiere. Um, I actually didn't hate Archer. I didn't like yeah, him, I mean, but yeah. I didn't hate him. True. Um, not as much as I have in previous episodes. <laughs> um, and I like Vanessa. I want, since we didn't get uh, two female doctors casted, I'm glad mm-hmm. that they kept Vanessa around. Yeah. And I hope that they use her like a lead. I know. I really, you know like, I mean? we re- they really need it. They, the ED yeah. needs it. Like, they right. need it bad. And I like that she's in that student doctor position that Sarah used to be in. Because mm-hmm. I feel like, I mean, obviously we had uh, Els- Elsa? Yes. A couple of seasons ago. But we didn't have a student doctor last season. So, mm-hmm. It's nice to have a student doctor back. I like mm-hmm. that. Um, so hopefully they sort of find like a track for her to be in and like someone to be her mentor, not Dr. Archer. Oh, God, no. <laughs> Please let it be someone else. Um, Literally anybody. Literally anybody. Anybody else. Please. Like, honestly, even Will at this point, I just don't want Dr. Yeah. Archer. No. 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 Uh, <laughs> um. So, but I am excited about that. I'm excited about the new characters. I can't mm-hmm. wait to learn more about them and to see like how mm-hmm. they gel with everybody. Um, curious about this will plot. Like I, I'm interested I, some, to see how he feel, handles it. I know. I just I have a feeling because it's like Will has known him for so long. Somehow this is just going to end up with somebody getting punched in some way. <laughs> I Another just, fist fight in the ED. <laughs> I mean, it's because how long have they known each other for? Like a long well, time. Long time. I mean, he says back in the day. He doesn't say how long, but I'm assuming back in the day is a long time. I mean, Can- <laughs> like, I'm assuming Canaryville then. So, I mean, you handle yeah. things with the fist. So, yeah. <laughs> so I'm guessing yeah, we'll it's going to end in a fist fight. I don't know, but this doctor, Dr. Cooper, is definitely a little sketch. Oh. More than a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Not sure how I feel about that. Uh, <laughs> so, <clears throat> I don't know. We'll see. They definitely have me intrigued. And, you mm-hmm. know, it, Med was one of the premieres I wasn't really looking forward to because I wasn't mm-hmm. sure how mm-hmm. they would handle it and what they would do. So, mm-hmm. for me to say that, for me to say that I'm actually really interested mm-hmm. in what they're going to do from here is a good thing because, mm-hmm. like, it could have gone the other way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Um, mm-hmm. so yeah, I think it was a strong premiere. I'm excited to see what happens in the next few episodes because mm-hmm. I think that's really going to tell us a lot about the vibe oh, of absolutely. the season as a whole. Absolutely. Yeah. And now we get to move on to Chicago Fire season 10, which it still feels crazy to say that. Season one. 10! I know. With oh my gosh. May Day, which. That title alone, and I know we've already talked about that, but still, that title alone gives me dread. <laughs> yeah, stress. It's like all stress, 100% yeah. stress. And this yeah. episode was a bit chaotic, I have to admit. <laughs> a bit? There was a lot going on, like from the minute it starts. Uh-huh. Because, uh, of course, we pick up from the cliffhanger, which if you've forgotten, which how could you forget, is Squad yeah. trapped in the boat. Mm-hmm. Um. All four members of squad and their air bottles are empty. 
Mm-hmm. Um, so that's where we pick up, which what we see is the boat basically sinking to the bottom of the lake. Um, which, mm-hmm. yay! <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, and then we've got everybody else on the pier mm-hmm. watching yeah, all watching. of this happen. And Casey's finally like, you know what? Screw it. I'm going out there. Um, <laughs> and he goes and grabs a life jacket and an oxygen tank and gets the fast boat to take him out there. And I'm thinking to myself, what you going to do <laughs> with a life I... jacket and an air bottle, Matt Casey? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's all right. I understand. It's your best friend. Logic isn't exactly mm-hmm. your strong suit at the moment. That's okay. Correct. Uh, all right. <laughs> Anyway, Stella almost jumps in the boat with him, which we know mm-hmm. I love Stella, but when Kelly's in danger, she does not think her clearest because last mm-hmm. time she ended up with inhalation wounds and they had to like take a small piece of her lung or they mm-hmm. almost did. Mm-hmm. And we don't want that to happen again. So nope. Matt was like, nope, that's an order. You're staying here. Mm-hmm. And he tells her like when she gets mad, he's like, I'll get him. And then she mm-hmm. kind of calms down a little bit. Because it's Casey. And then as Matt is heading out to the boat. Severide has rigged it to explode. Because of course. He would. He's Severide. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, So the boat explodes. But the good thing about the boat exploding. Is it allows them to get out. Mm -hmm. Um, Which. Yay. Mm -hmm. Um, And so everybody's standing on the pier. Is sort of watching like they're counting as people come up above the water mm-hmm. um and what we see right before the title card is joe floating unconscious in the water with his eyes open and then Rude. smash cut to chicago fire <laughs> the title. like what like derek said, in interview, he, derek said in an interview that his wife went no and i'm here to tell you i did too <laughs> mm-hmm. he did that smash cut and i was like are you serious this is mm-hmm. terrible. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and then when he come back, Kelly stays down there a little too long, just trying to get Joe back yeah. up. Um, because he is determined. He is going to save Joe. He's not losing anybody on squad. Um, mm-hmm. And they get Joe in the boat, and Matt does CPR. Um, and finally, Joe spits out the water. They get him sit <laughs> up, but it is funny. You put this in the notes, and it's really funny. Uh-huh. <laughs> you put that it's the first Am I wrong, of though? season 10. You're not wrong. <laughs> I wasn't wrong. I wasn't wrong. Of it's anything that I thought was going to happen as far as people making out, I did not think it was going to be Cruz and Casey doing it. Cruz and Casey. But I they mean, save it. it. It was for life-saving measures, so I get it. But I was, I was not expecting it to be them, the first one in season 10. That's hilarious. But, uh, yeah, so they, they get Joe. He's conscious. They take him to med, and of course, our favorite doctor is the one that checks him out. Yes, I was. was watching this with my mom, and she cracked me up because Crockett came on screen, and she went, "That is a handsome man." And I was <laughs> like, "I know, mom. True, I know, very true. <laughs> You're not wrong." Mm. Um, mm-hmm. But that scene in the hospital was so sweet, with like all of them mm-hmm. there joe um in the way mm-hmm. like stella was holding on to severide with her like chin on his shoulder 
Oh my and gosh. And like, so that was my favorite sweet. thing to discover. Like, we'll see, talk about it a little more in the episode. I've, I never realized how that's just such a thing with Stella Ride, that that's what she does it with is. him. And I love it. Yes. I love it so much. I love it too. So sweet. Mm-hmm. And then Chloe walks in, and we love Chloe. We're so excited mm-hmm. to see Chloe. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. But I also love that Joe tells her he's fine, but that's not good enough. She looks at everybody else. She's like, is he really okay? <laughs> Uh-huh. I love uh-huh. that she does that because she doesn't trust Joe to give her a straight no. answer. She's like, no. everybody else tell me, is he okay? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which I love. Mm-hmm. Um, but he is okay. He just needs rest. So they tell him yeah. to make sure that he gets rest for a couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And so everybody's there. Everybody's okay. We make it through the cliffhanger. Which, all in one know, piece. Thank God. Thank God. Thank goodness. <laughs> right. So we've got yeah. that off of our shoulders. Uh-huh. Whew. And so we then, you know, get a little time jump, not not too much, just, you know, two weeks about, and Joe returns to the firehouse for his first shift after that awful accident, for the most part, and, you know, he's walk, slowly walking in, and well, my heart was, like, hurting a little bit, because, of course, where does he stop before he goes fully into the firehouse? Otis's Otis. memorial. And I was just like, oh. It, it, it made me happy, like because you know, you know still how much Otis means. Even though Otis is gone, he still means the world to crew. That his baby better be named Brian. I'm gonna be mad. I there's no we other will name. Riot. We will march to Chicago if we have to, because there's it, no it, other there's name. No way. It's no other name. No. And you know, it's you know, obviously that was a tough little moment, but you know, Joe walks into the firehouse, and I kind of adored this moment of you know. Stella and Mouser, just you know, they're doing their little chores around the, the on the app floor, and they're kind of joking with uh, Cruz by basically pretending to be by basically pretending that Joe's a ghost. And it's like, did you hear that? Do you feel the chill and like all that? And it's it's hilarious because it's like that's just kind of like the mo- the little push you need, like just to kind of laugh it off a bit. Yeah, exactly. It was great. And then of course some classic Severide staff of you know. What happened? You run out of shows to binge? And I'm just like, you know, he almost died. So, I mean, you know, give him a second. But also, I I enjoyed, I, I always enjoy separate that. Always. It's, it's not coming back to the firehouse until you get razzed for something. Oh, of course. Of course. <laughs> you you got to have it. Um, yeah. yeah, so continuing with Cruz. So, they're like, they're checking their SCBAs, just like on the app floor. Um, mm-hmm. And Cruz kind of looks at it, and he just like, spaces out mm-hmm. um and you can tell it's probably just a little he's a little freaked out to be back on the job mm-hmm. um but he tells everybody it's stress from home with like chloe and the baby shower mm-hmm. um and then cap kind of makes a comment like we almost lost the two best firefighters in chicago and cruz is like what mm-hmm. what are you talking about two and cap says he was either going to come up with you or not at all which is a lot for crews to handle. Um, but it's true. Yep. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's a nice conclusion to, like, the, I would hate to say, like, because there's still more we're going to talk about with Cruz. Like, the emotional part to him in this episode was that um, Joe's obviously had, he gets those, like, moments where he's in a daze. But him and Kelly finally have that heart-to-heart because that that's, like, a lot for Joe. Like, I feel like he, even though, Kelly has been his, like, best man at his wedding, and they've had these, like, deep moments that I think he knew he was always likely going to share with uh, Otis. He still has found this 
friendship and brotherhood again in some, some in Kelly for the most part. And mm-hmm. so it, you know, I think it's been hard for him to kind of piece that together in his head a little bit. And, you know, it's, they just have a very nice and sweet moment of, you know, I don't know how to thank you, man. Joe says to Kelly and then Kelly being Kelly says, I tell you what, you buy me a beer later and we'll call it even. And it's just <laughs> such, a, such a classic Kelly comment. And I love it. I love it so much. I know. It's like, you saved my life, but I'll just take a beer. It's cool. Yeah. I don't need, yeah. like, really? Yeah. <laughs> I love yeah. Severide. Uh-huh. That's great. Uh-huh. Uh, um, and then after that, we have more of crews just feeling stressed because they have to reschedule the baby shower. Um, mm-hmm. And Chloe's mother, this famous mother, <laughs> is trying to, to help reschedule everything but she's really doing things that they don't really agree with she's going a little over the top um and so it's just stressing them out more and herman being Mm. the great guy that he is is like well why Mm -hmm. don't you just you know use molly's Mm -hmm. and joe's like i don't know that they're really wanting a pub for the baby shower and i love herman's reaction he's like it's a classy pub (laughs) (laughs) he just said he's like it's a club. <laughs> and it. it's just like, yeah. <laughs> but obviously, that's sort of a no go. Joe's like, thank you. I know how hard it is for you to offer something for free, but mm-hmm. I, I don't know that Chloe and her mom would go for it. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah. And that comes back later, too, because Herman approaches Cruz when they're in the locker room and he's like, okay, what's going on? Tell me what's going on. Because Cruz has been freaking out a little bit and freezing up when he shouldn't mm-hmm. um and he's just like you know what i've just been a little off for the last couple of weeks it's probably this stuff with the baby shower mm-hmm. um i'm fine and mm-hmm. herman is still worried about mm-hmm. Cruz, and so that's sort of where we're going to leave that for now because we'll come back to that later um mm-hmm. but yeah that sort of all comes to a head with just herman wanting to help Cruz yeah because a little bit and I think that kind of still leads into a lot of, you know, we, we, we've gotten to see obviously background with Joe and his brother, but we've never mm-hmm. heard very much about the rest of Cruz's family. So it's, you know, I think for a long time, Herman kind of takes 51 underneath his wing a little bit. And it's, I mean, we've gotten that time. It's 10 seasons in, they're a family. And so, you know, mm-hmm. if you see someone struggling, you want to do what you can to help them out. Exactly. And so what, got to my heart a little bit this episode was with Bowden. And we find out fairly quickly a decision has been made on the deputy district chief position. And of course, you know, as TV goes, the door closes and we don't get to actually hear the decision of what it was. (laughs) I know. It's like, there's a decision. Door closed. Really? Thank you. Thanks. Thanks for that. Thank you so much. Thanks. And you know, it's, you know, so we're led when we have to not know for a little bit of what it ends up being. And, you know, Bowden does end up coming back to the house and he kind of gathers everybody in the kitchen, kind of living room area. And he lets them know that he has been selected as the deputy district chief. And it's just, it's like, I, I, it's the hard part for me. I'm not going to believe it till I see it. Though I, I know we've had this conversation. We love Bowden. We don't want to see him go, but he can also do amazing and wonderful things. 
literally Stella is us. It's like everything oh, that Stella said in this episode, I'm like, that's me. Seriously, and it's you could see that. I mean, everybody was happy for him, but I kind of love how the camera panned to her of being she was happy for him because it's obviously Bowdoin's worked hard at his career, at this job his entire life, so she's happy for him. But you can she feels sad, and I, Bowdoin Bowdoin notices very quickly because I kind of love how we've gotten how close they've gotten over these past mm-hmm. couple seasons. So Me if too. anybody to look at, he's like Casey, fine, Severide, fine. He looks to Stella, and you can mm-hmm. tell fairly quickly. She, like she, she's never not going to be happy for him, but she feels dejected. And it, yeah. it, 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 it sucks. It straight up sucks. Yeah. I mean, oh. well, yeah. And it's very clear in that scene, like just based on Miranda's performance, you know, um, mm-hmm. like how she feels about it. And I'm mm-hmm. totally with her because I'm conflicted mm-hmm. about it too. Mm-hmm. Um, and then mm-hmm. as the whole house, she's not alone. The whole house is kind of freaking no. out about it. Um, we mm-hmm. see like the, the newbies kind of talking to Severide. Like, <laughs> so we're supposed to report to this new chief now and it's going to be weird. And, I don't know what, you know, it, I don't know what's coming. And Kelly's just like, no, it'll be fine. <laughs> he like yeah, doesn't try to comfort them. He's just like, calm down. It'll be all right. Mm-hmm. We're fine. <laughs> mm-hmm. And that's mm-hmm. also when they have the heart to ha- heart to heart talk, like him and Joe and Stella overhears all of that. Um, mm-hmm. And just sort of, you see her face, like how happy she is to just be in the house and hear these conversations. And mm-hmm. I love it. Um, and so then that moment kind of leads to Bowden approaching her and Molly's and being like, you know, I Mm -hmm. saw you today and you didn't seem happy about Mm -hmm. it. She brushes off like, is, did I? No, I'm totally happy for you. This is great. And he's like, Mm -hmm. your honest opinion means a great deal to me. Talk to me. Oh, um, which I love that. I love that he respects her that much that he just really wants to know what she thinks about it. Um, And that's her. I, I don't mean to keep calling back to some of our episodes. I think I included on our like friendship episode, like it was I enjoy I I've adored the friendship between Stella and yeah. Bowden. Yeah. And me I too. Yeah, still get that even more. I I love it so much. Well, we definitely got it here because mm-hmm. she tells him she's like, I'm not saying this for me because as soon as I get a lieutenant position somewhere else, I'm gone. I'm saying mm-hmm. this for the good of the people that I love. Mm-hmm. And he's like, she basically goes into how the house is going to change so much when he leaves. And mm-hmm. she just doesn't know if it's ever going to be the same because he's the reason everything mm-hmm. is so good. He's the one that they can count on, the one that they know is going to be mm-hmm. there. Mm-hmm. Um, And she's like, you know, basically she's like, I'm just, I'm saying this for the good of everybody else. And mm-hmm. he's like, so you're saying you want me to turn down the job? And she's like, no, I don't know. That would be very mm-hmm. unfair, which is exactly our response. Like, mm-hmm. no, we don't want him to turn it down, but we don't want him to take it. <laughs> mm-hmm. But we also know that it would be unfair for him not to take it because he deserves it. <laughs> so mm-hmm. literally Stella is us. And then she mm-hmm. ends up telling him after going on this rant of like how conflicted she is about it. She's like, no, you know what? You can't leave. You can't leave, chief. And I'm like, mm-hmm. that's how I feel. You can't mm-hmm. leave us. Bowden, you can't Mm-mm. leave us. Oh, oh, I'm sad. I know. And then it was a interesting part with Bowden of you know he ended up going back to is she is her name is her title Deputy Commissioner Hill? I think so. Yeah. Okay, Deputy Commissioner Hill. And of course, Bowden being Bowden, he takes Stella's concern to heart, and he asks if he can move his office from ninety to fifty one, so he doesn't have to leave his house and his 
people. But unfortunately, Hill goes into detail of, you know, she can't do it because of politics. There's an alderman that, you know, of course, all these lovely aldermen in Chicago. <laughs> we have established yeah. that aldermen suck. <laughs> yes, they do. I'm yes, sure there do. are some that do the job purely to do the job in real life. But on yeah. Chicago Fire, they all suck. They're, they're all bad. All bad. <laughs> they're terrible. And so, yeah, so she kind of says, you can't move that office because you're going to piss off that alderman in the ward because he likes having the stature of having a death uh the headquarters that the headquarters yeah, in his district in his ward and yeah you could tell that pissed off Bowden already yeah Bowden ain't no man about politics or optics that is but not he's, his wheelhouse. but he's also not gonna rock the boat for her like he's new in the exactly. position this is his boss. He's not going to like insist. So he's just like, okay, exactly. We'll leave it alone. And, you know, I hate it, politics. <laughs> he at least wanted to ask. And I give him credit for, you know, just at least asking. Cause it's, it's right. hard. Cause it's like, he loves his people and he still, he, tried. He, he could do it, but it's just it's like, it's just, but you know, it kind of kills him though too, because yeah, this has never been a man who cares to do just for what people think looks good. He cares right. about the job. Yeah. I'm sad. Um, again, so then, I'm not believing it till I see boxes, like actual multiple uh, boxes. I don't believe it. I feel like that's going to be next episode. We're going to see boxes. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm waiting. I'm waiting. Oh gosh. Um, okay. So then that leads us to the to the last like big call of the episode, which is like a fire in an apartment building. Um, Truck takes the roof, um, and this is where Cruz kind of freezes up. This is before Herman really got worried about him. He goes to put on the SCBA, and he just, like, freezes for a minute. After that, mm -hmm. he's fine. Um, mm -hmm. But then while Truck is on the roof, Gallo and Stella go to cross the roof, and Stella, like, holds out her hand, like, wait. Like, she knows something's not right about this. And then, mm -hmm. like, a second later, they're gone. They just, like, fall through uh -huh. the floor. And, of course, that's where we get a commercial break. Of course. Of course. Like, really? First you mm -hmm. put Severide in danger, and uh -huh. now you put Kid in danger? No! Uh -huh. This is not cool. Uh -huh. I know. This I is know. like the epitome of not cool. Yeah. Um, uh -huh. So they fall through the roof. Um, Casey immediately like calls it in, panics. That's where the Mayday title comes in, because, you know, somebody always says the title on this show. Mm -hmm. And so this time it was Matt, and he's like, Mayday, Mayday! Um, and so then Cruz and Severide go after Kid and Gallo. Mm -hmm. And then Matt and Mouch have to figure out how to save the kid that's trapped on the roof. Um, so I, and I think I figured out, I put this in the notes because I think I figured out why he does this. Because it was kind of bugging me. I was like, what? why don't they just move the aerial? But then I was thinking about the order that Bowden gives. And he gives the order to evacuate, which means whatever they do mm -hmm. has to be done quickly. So I mm -hmm. think it would have taken too long to move the aerial. Yeah. Yeah. So instead, they backed the aerial off the roof a little bit. Because when you look at where Matt's tied to it, it's it's moved out and mm -hmm. up a little. So basically, this kid is trapped on the other side of the roof from them. They have to get to him and get him off the roof. And they need to do it quick. So mm -hmm. Matt takes off a stupid helmet. Why did you take off the helmet? I don't know. <laughs> like well, I, he, I saw him put that down and I was like, for real, dude? Anyway, he climbs across the edge of the roof, like there's a little wall there, 
to get mm-hmm. to the kid. He grabs the kid and then he swings back across the roof and Malch catches him and they pull him onto the roof. And I got to thinking like it would have been too much to have the kid crawl back. So really there wasn't mm-hmm. any other way to come back. Mm-hmm. At least not quickly. <laughs> so they mm-hmm. do that and I love the little moment that he and Malch have where Malch is like nice swing and he's like nice catch. Yeah. But <laughs> I, I love also it. One of my favorite things to come out of that, and I, I have to call him out for it because I love the photo of it so much, is meet us at Molly's tweeted out like Spider Man, and then they were doing like like the like Spider Man theme song of like Spider Man, Spider Man, and I'm just like, can we also do a full jingle of that along with like like a good neighbor? Matt Casey is there. And so we're just, that's gonna be the theme this season. We're just gonna I mean, add like it five fits. million. I know. I know. I know. But also during all of that, we see Sylvie on the ground watching all of it, like holding her mm-hmm. breath. Um, and I love that Bowden's there once it's all okay, just kind of like nodding at her, like, it's okay. Mm-hmm. He's fine. Mm-hmm. You know? I love mm-hmm. it. Um, but yeah, so we make they make sure to show us that, which I love worried girlfriend Sylvie. She's the cutest. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And then also Severide and Cruz get Gallo and Kid out okay. They're fine. Mm-hmm. Um, everybody's okay. So then it just shows Bowden like observing his fifty-one family after the call, talking to each other after a job well done. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, this mm-hmm. is all gonna change, and I'm not ready no. for it. I I'm don't not. Want it. No. I'm so sad. <laughs> like I'm tearing up right now thinking about like fifty-one without Bowden. I don't like it. I know. I can't. And then it's I also. I refuse. It's also going to be 51 without Stella. So it's 51 without Stella uh-huh. and Bowden. I can't do I don't want nope, it. No, we're not going to talk about it. Nope. Mm-mm. I don't want it. Mm-hmm. I mean, I do, but I don't. I'm happy for them. But it's also like, no. I know. This is my family. I know. They're my friends. I know. And then after this, they go back to the firehouse. And as they're getting out of the rigs, Bowden kind of stops them all from, like, going about their business and mm-hmm. gives a speech. I love Bowden's speeches. They're beautiful. Like, it was just a, a classic, heartfelt Bowden speech. Yep. Classic Bowden moment. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, and the big thing, he says some really great things at the start of the speech, but the big thing mm-hmm. is that he says, mm-hmm. the most important thing that I want you to remember as we move into this uncertain future, we will always be a family, no matter where any of us go. <laughs> oh, I'm going to cry. Like, I'm getting teary-eyed because I, I don't know if I... <sighs> It's one of those things of like Kelly or Matt could say it, but the gravitas with what, how both I know, says it, I know, it, oh, it doesn't hit it. Like, like I said, I feel like I could hear Matt or Kelly say it, but it wouldn't hit the same. It just wouldn't, no, unfortunately. No. It, well, oh. I mean, first of all, let's think about earlier in the episode, Severide trying to give the, the the new guys like a pep talk, and he was just like, "Don't worry about it. It's fine." Yeah. Like that's no. the extent of his pep talk. Yeah. <laughs> right. That's it. <laughs> yeah. So, and and Matt's not. I mean, much better. He was an alderman, so he's a little better. But like giving no. speeches to the whole house, he's still a little. No. He, he's good at the one on one thing. He's good at the very one on one single right. person advice, not whole groups of firehouse people right. advice. Exactly. Yeah. So that was sad. Um, yeah. And so we got to then get to a little bit of honestly very sweet and happy 
with the entire firehouse, I would say. I mean, there's still little parts in there that you get a little more emotional. But, you know, we get to the end. This is toward the end of the episode, but as we kind of said, we're kind of just going through each of the characters within their parts, and this kind of just fit here the best. And we kind of get to, we get to see Chloe and Joe arrive at Molly's blindfolded, which, you know, that's just adorable. And it's just like, I give Chloe credit because you being a pregnant woman, as pregnant as she is, and you willingly put on a blindfold and are just like, take me somewhere. Okay. <laughs> if you, if you listen to what she says while they're leading her into the room, I love it. She's like, this is not at all dangerous for the baby. Not at no. all. Uh-uh. <laughs> and I'm like, I, Chloe, you're like, adorable. Oh. I love her. I love her so much. And, you know, so they're walking through Molly's and as one can pretty easily expect from there, why would Chloe and Joe need to be blindfolded? We learn fairly quickly, you know, they come out to the patio and they're surprised with a baby shower. Baby shower. All of of 51. And I'm assuming there's more than 51 there because it looks pretty busy there. So like it's probably some of Chloe's friends and family. Yeah, too, I would assume. And so it's just like the cutest and best surprise in the world, which I love. So and cute. it's, and it's, they're it's cute. Yeah. Chloe and Joe's little like kiss and then little forehead mm-hmm. bump. Like, I was like, mm-hmm. why are you so perfect? Mm-hmm. I love it. And so, you know, as cute as that moment was, then we kind of get, you know, Stella is still worried a little bit and she ends up having a moment with Bowden and they're at, she, she said she's just still worried that it's not 51 isn't going to be the same. But, you know, Bowden reassures her with, once again, words that only Bowden could say. The that perfect could words. Somebody. <laughs> perfect words for the perfect moment of, you know, each change is a little shift in the foundation. We just have to trust that what we built up here is strong enough to hold. And I'm just like, whoever writes Bowden's lines deserves, like, the biggest award in, like, applause in the world. I know. It's so good. And it's I love so that she good. apologized. Like she did say, I'm sorry for what I said. Mm-hmm. You know, you deserve the promotion. I don't want you to not take it. Um, well, and it's, and it was like very touching that woman because she realized, and it, she said it's because I didn't have a loving environment growing up. Mm-hmm. And it's that. Yeah, we got some Stella background. I know, which, you know, it's, we had kind of assumed that from her background, but for her to say it means like a lot too. And once again, it just kind of reinforces everything we have kind of come to expect with Stella but it's that you know it's just like with any like family member you love is that even if you don't see them every day their presence will still be there with you and it's just it's oh it's just but I I need all the moments with them all the moments I love that she says that because she didn't have that happy family growing up when she found one she just wanted to like cling to it Mm -hmm. and I'm like I totally I mean I get that I completely get that for her because her world is pretty perfect the way it is right now with the mm-hmm. exception of her not having a lieutenant position mm-hmm. so it's kind of like do you stay where you're comfortable and everything's great or mm-hmm. do you try and grow mm-hmm. and do something new and risk you know maybe missing some things about the mm-hmm. life that you currently have mm-hmm. so that's very much where she is right now um mm-hmm. But yeah, and that was a really sweet way to end the episode too. Just the two of them talking and looking mm-hmm. over everyone at 51. Mm-hmm. Um, it was great. <clears throat> but now, since we've talked about that, we're going to kind of backtrack a little. Um, mm-hmm. And we'll talk about Stellar Ride. Because um, they mm-hmm. were really great in this episode. I was so excited. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> so they're, I love this. I love this scene. <laughs> they're at home <laughs> at the loft and just like on the couch and Severide is trying to watch the game. 
mm-hmm. on television and Stella is just like all over him plastered to his side staring at him she's not going anywhere not looking at anything else mm-hmm. and he just kind of makes this comment like stop staring at me mm-hmm. <laughs> she's just like no I'm not gonna stop staring at you until I know for sure that you're still alive like she's like mm-hmm. I just it hasn't sunk in yet and I'm not gonna stop until it has mm-hmm. um and she says, and I love this part. She says, can you imagine how lame our wedding would have been if you would have drowned? <laughs> Stella. And I Please feel like never only change. Stella could say that. Only she could say that line. Right. Right. Like, never change, Stella kid. I love you so much. No. And then she's always, she's like, I have an idea on how you could reassure me that you're alive. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And she's like, maybe if I kiss every part of you, then my brain will tell my heart you're really all here. Or did you want to watch the game? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what does Severin yeah. do? He throws yes. the remote across the room. <laughs> yes, he does. Love it. I yes, love he it. Does. Like you don't have to break your remote, but I mean, no. okay. <laughs> you can buy another one. <laughs> yeah. And that makeout on the couch was sexy. Oh, amazing. amazing. Right? So good. Amazing. They are just, like, super hot. <laughs> I'm mm-hmm. sorry. They are. They're mm-hmm. just amazing. And so I'll take these next two little mini celery parts, and then I'll let you mm-hmm. start off with some of the breath that you, Logan, because we, 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 <laughs> we get some good balance. So I this way, you get to yeah. talk about them first, and then I'll get to it. But this way, I, well, it, it balances out quite well for both of us. So, you know, they have, Celeret has this wonderful moment after everything that had happened between them. So adorable. And of course, you know, as any new couple gets engaged, you start to tell your family members. So, you know, obviously in Celeret's past, like, unfortunately, as we all know, Senny's now gone. So who's the next logical person you would talk to is your one remaining parent. So his mother. And, you know, we get the tension very early on of like, he just doesn't want to kind of tell her for the most part. And it's Stella gets a sense it's a sense of like, is Kelly scared? Or like what's going on? And you know, Severide very quickly tells her, I'm not scared to call her. I'm just not sure I want to hear her reaction, which you know, through everything that his parents went through, I get it. And it's just you kind of get a very jilted view very quickly. And so that kind of I hate to say it's it wasn't a conflict for them, but it kind of was this episode. It was just, you know, it's an understandable next point that, you know, there will be that tension that goes through with planning a wedding that you have to tell your family members, good or bad. And, you know, it's, as the episode goes on, Stella ends up asking uh, Severide, you really called her? And unfortunately, you know, Severide did say, I did end up calling my mom and she was more or less not too surprising in her response. And she kept talking about how basically Severed men being about Severed men being doomed to fail at marriage, which, you know, hurts my heart because that was Benny. And Benny yep. is not the spitting image <clears throat> of Severed is not the spitting image of Benny. And I mean, they have similar aspects to them, but they are not as carbon copies of one another. Exactly. Just, oh, I, I hated that so much. And so yeah. for Stella to say, she's wrong you know that you're no Benny it was just like and that's exactly what Kelly needed to hear in that moment like exactly I know and she said it so softly too like I just mm-hmm. I, I love the tone she used for that mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Just the way she says, you're no Benny. I want to be mm-hmm. like, oh, I love you so mm-hmm. much. Mm-hmm. Oh, I just love them. I love them. And they need mm-hmm. to just get married and be happy and have babies. Mm-hmm. And, and that's mm-hmm. what needs to happen. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, no, okay. I'm in agreement with you. I'm in agreement. Yeah. Nothing better get in the way of that wedding. I'm just going to say this. Okay. Nothing. I will. I, things will happen if we don't get a happy stellar ride wedding. And I'm we need to right see now. it. And we need to see it. Uh-huh. <laughs> okay. Uh-huh. I want to see them planning it. I want to see the bachelor and bachelorette parties. I want to see the wedding and the reception. Give me all of it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I don't mm-hmm. want you to skimp on anything. No. Give me the rehearsal dinner even. Just uh-huh. give me all of it. Um, so then we, so the other couple that we have this season, which is a new couple that I'm very excited mm-hmm. about, is Bretzy. So with that, um, it starts after the cliffhanger with them. And they mm-hmm. go back to Sylvie's place. And Sylvie's basically like, man, they're lucky you were there. And he's like, no, anybody could have done what I what I did. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just like this really cute, really sweet moment. And Matt is literally in front of her in like two seconds. <laughs> ready uh-huh. for that kiss. Uh-huh. The light stays on, by the way, for like five seconds. She turns it on when they walk in. They talk a little. They kiss. And then she turns it back off. <laughs> like, you really just shouldn't have even turned it on. <laughs> I know. No and I was just like, <laughs> can I just still say how happy I was that I was not expecting like a cute little makeout kiss that quickly in the right. episode. And we got that. Especially after how much kissing we had in the finale. I know. But that was a good kiss. That was like a sexy deep kiss. I loved it. It was. <laughs> it was great. <clears throat> and so scrolling down a little bit but give me one minute and so you know it's how we kind of talk how we go through these moments is, you know we talk a little about the couple and then we kind of focus on you know an aspect of the character if they've had like a particular storyline so you know with Sylvie in this episode we kind of got to see her be a little not that we haven't gotten to see Sylvie on like focus on cases but I was kind of getting to see Sylvie shine a little bit in these moments and so mm-hmm. very quickly on her and Violet get a call to what it turns out to be a frequent flyer and that uh, it's the queen. And so we kind of get to hear very fun phrasing every so often of like, the queen is on a rampage. What it ends up being is that this patient thinks she's Cleopatra, but her real name is Jackie. And, you know, it's Sylvia responds to the call. She recognizes the location. She knows who this is. And Sylvie being that kick-ass caring paramedic that she is, she de-escalates the situation like pretty immediately because this patient... She hasn't taken her medication, is trying to hurt somebody with a pretty hefty frying pan, it seems. And, you know, Sylvie calms her down and is able to get her to take her medication and kind of relax. And without, you know, it becoming a very scary and dangerous situation that, unfortunately, many of these situations can easily go into. And, you know, she starts to get this sense after this call that, you know, something is kind of going on in the city a little bit because she's also talked to a few of the other paramedics around that also are kind of on shift more or less at like 51, just at a different time than her, obviously. And it seems like quite often now that there are a lot of their frequent flyers are causing not like issues, I would say, but the frequent flyers are causing bogs in the system a little bit. So she says to yeah. get the sense of, you know, is there something I can do? Right. So like when she talks to the paramedics later, 
um, one of them says, sooner or later, a victim's going to end up dead because we're busy patching up mm-hmm. some old timer who cut himself shaving. Because mm-hmm. those paramedics hadn't, weren't able to make it to uh, a call. It was like a crane collapse or something. Um, mm-hmm. Because they had gotten a call with a frequent flyer who basically just needed a ride to the hospital for his doctor's mm-hmm. appointment. Um, mm-hmm. <clears throat> so after talking to them, she gets her little like idea face. Which mm-hmm. I love Sylvie Brett with an idea. I'm so excited mm-hmm. for this. Um, mm-hmm. Like a professional storyline for just her. Mm-hmm. Not like mm-hmm. a medic cop one episode plot. This is like, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm I mean, excited. So we, we do enjoy those, but it, you know, it's, it's a nice little different thing. Yeah, to me, this is like her girls on fire. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, I agree like that something completely. that she's, yeah. And I'm, I'm super excited to see like her take the initiative in like a professional mm-hmm. capacity like that. I cannot mm-hmm. wait. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's that. But we do have some more cute, adorable <laughs> Brett-y. Um, There's a scene like in between all of this after Bowden's like announcement or whatever. They're at Molly's talking about how weird it's going to be without Bowden. And in the middle mm-hmm. of this, Sylvie just decides she's feeling a little frisky. Um, <laughs> and they exchange yes, yes. these these looks and she does that thing where she puts her chin in her hand mm-hmm. which i love she does that with matt a mm-hmm. lot mm-hmm. and she's like we can make a low-key exit right nobody's gonna think anything of it <laughs> and that's like yeah sure we can they mm-hmm. spoiler alert they cannot <laughs> no they cannot <laughs> they, they like walk out sylvie's like messing with her hair and matt's like scratching the back of his neck and like they leave at the same time it's like you dummies these, i love that these, you're so in love that you have no idea <laughs> the least inconspicuous exit in the world <laughs> it was so obvious and i love mouch so and herman because oh. as they're walking by the sh- the camera shifts focus to mouch and herman and mouch is like do they not realize we all know they're together <laughs> and herman's like how could oh. we not know and mouch is like we knew a year before they did <laughs> And I love with Christian's delivery of, of we knew a year so before good. they did. It cracks me up so every good. time. And but I, I just, love that. Go ahead. I, I just, I want to be honest that I love that kind of moment. Like you and I weren't expecting it at all. Cause we were honestly in part a little worried at times just because, you know, 51 is a family. There are certain loyalties and you know, it's, you never know how things are going to go so for it to kind of just be a very sweet moment of like basically everybody's known for a year has and like honestly you could let your feelings be known pretty early like I'm not a fan of this and you could have let them know before so basically that more or less means to me like the entire house is known been in on it and just like letting them do it and they're just supportive and happy for them and I love that so much exactly I I love the confirmation that the house is just happy that they're happy Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Uh, you know because yeah I mean I, I I was honestly a little worried about mm-hmm. especially Herman just because he and Gabby were so close that if anybody oh, yeah. was going to have a negative reaction to it I anticipated mm-hmm. it might be Herman mm-hmm. um, and I'm glad I was wrong about that because I loved mm-hmm. this moment with the two of them just being mm-hmm. like we've all known like forever and we know mm-hmm. now that they're officially together there's no point in mm-hmm. them hiding it mm-hmm. um I loved that. <clears throat> yeah. And so, um, so yeah, so I kind of get back to the part I already said earlier, which I couldn't help it, but you know, it's, it does paramedics say to her sooner or later, a victim is going to end up dead. Yeah. And it's just, you know, it's, I kind of, it's just, it's always fun to see Sylvie get that little idea face 
And it's just, I love it so much. Cause it's like we said, we haven't really ever gotten like, I mean, we've gotten obviously Sylvie being in like PIC on ambulance, but to get this kind of storyline for her is I feel very much deserved. We're in season 10. She's been on the show for seven seasons. She deserves some like yeah. big professional leap in this kind of nature. So I'm She definitely deserves some professional recognition. So oh, yeah. I am really hoping that that's what this leads to. Like mm-hmm. I um someday I would like for her to like have the option of a promotion to ambulance commander because that's the next step up for mm-hmm. her. Not right mm-hmm. now, obviously, because enough people are leaving the firehouse. Yeah, no but more. Like, no more. I'd like, I'd like for somebody to sort of voice that to her, like you know, someday yeah. you could oh, yeah. be this, or you have a future yeah. above being a PIC, something. So I'm hoping mm-hmm. that like that's where this leads, is that mm-hmm. she gets some sort of recognition for it. I don't expect it to be smooth sailing. I expect that she's going to come up against some mm-hmm. obstacles that she has to deal with, mm-hmm. some people who don't necessarily want it to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, but we'll see. I'm I'm excited just to see her deal with this. And I'm also excited to see how she includes Matt in it. I know. If she includes Matt in it, like how that plays out. Mm-hmm. Um I'm excited. Yeah. Everything's different now that they're a couple. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> um so yeah, we have that. And then we have um well, some more Bretzy. Mm-hmm. And this is after the big apartment fire call. They're leaving the firehouse after he's done the Spider-Man swing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I love that she says this. She's basically tells him like something was different in that last call. Now that we're together, which they're together. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm so happy. That was actually said like, in the show. Yes. Yeah. Like we, I still want to hear like, I mean, obviously it's weird because like they are as old as they are. So they, it's, like, I feel like girlfriend and boyfriend, like, they're, they're kind of feel like they're beyond those, like, kind of phrases. Terms. Like still, yeah. Those terms, because they're, they're, they're more mature than that. But also just for them to say they're together, it warmed my heart and made me so happy. I know. I love it. Um, mm-hmm. So we had that. But she also said, like, I can't describe the pit in my stomach at the idea of anything happening to you. Um, and then we mm-hmm. have this cute little moment that follows after that where he's like, I had it all under control. I promise. And she's like, well, I'd still like you to never, ever do that again. He's like, I'll try mm-hmm. my best. Which is really mm-hmm. cute. Um, but then that leads to her, like, telling Matt about her idea, which I love this, too. Where she's like, I'm glad. I'm just glad 61 made it to the call. And he, that he's noticed mm-hmm. the same thing. That he says this. Mm-hmm. He's like, me too. You've been busy with so many non-emergencies lately. Like, Matt Casey mm-hmm. noticing his girlfriend on the mm-hmm. job. Yes, thank you. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And she's like, yeah, I've been thinking of a way to help that situation, actually. And they're <laughs> interrupted at this point, of course, by Cap. But this time we're okay with it. <laughs> yes, for one. For one. Because he says, see you later, lovebirds, with Tony right there next to him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and they turn around and Brett's like, well, if those two know, then everybody knows. Mm-hmm. And Casey's face, I love his face, where like it registers that he's like, oh, I don't have to hide anything anymore. Yep. <laughs> and he just puts his arm around her. And I'm just like, I have been wanting this visual since I started shipping this. It's a do dream you know, come true. Do you know what I want? I said in that moment to myself when I watched it? What? Is that Matt Casey finally knew what to do with his hands. And he put <laughs> his arm around Sylvie Brett. <laughs> it's so true. <laughs> That's what he's meant to do with his hands is yeah. just put his arm around her. 
Oh my gosh. It was so cute. And their smiles, like, and he says to her, he's like, so tell me about your plan. And they just Mm -hmm. walk away with these big grins on their faces. I love them Mm -hmm. so much. I know. I'm so happy. Like, this mm-hmm. was such a good episode for them. Um, oh, it was. Now, it was. We know from interviews with Derek and obviously episode descriptions that there's going to be some things coming up that they'll have to deal with. Which, you know, but couple, that, that actually happens. <clears throat> it's okay. Well, yeah, and especially a new couple that's, like, transitioning into being a couple. You know, Absolutely. there's things that they have to learn about each other as far as how they communicate. Mm-hmm. And Derek mm-hmm. did also say something that I thought was pretty accurate. He said, they're a new couple. But are they really a new couple? <laughs> because they know I mean, each other so well at this point. I mean, as what everyone's, as what Herman and Mount were talking about, like, they, everybody's already known for a year. And it's just like, yeah. yeah. And they're already basically best friends. So mm-hmm. they know each other really well. Mm-hmm. I, I think mainly what we'll come up against is just issues of, like, deciding how that affects decisions going forward. Mm-hmm. Like, you know... If, for example, you know, how much does Brett include Matt in this professional plot she has? Because we mm-hmm. know Matt Casey, and he has a tendency to want to be a fixer. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, you know, I think it's just going to be a matter of, like, communication styles. Plus, oh, yeah. external things that come at them. Um, because we know from mm-hmm. episode descriptions that Matt's going to have some of his past come back to visit. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Sylvie's got this professional plot, which Kara said that it's the group or the the plan that she's working on is called paramedicine. Um, oh. Yeah, so that's intriguing. And and Derek hmm. said she works with somebody unexpected, and I'm like, what does that mean? So, oh goodness, yeah. There's there's gonna be some things coming up, but my thing is after last season. I don't see a world where these two don't fight for each other. Yeah, I, I'm sorry. It, this still goes into my head of we're in season 10. We know that there's, I mean, I don't think that we know the show isn't going to go on for 10 more seasons. You don't go this far into a series without some framework of, you know, knowing where it's going to end up. Yeah. You, just, you don't. So, I mean, I, there's going to be obstacles. There's going to be bumps in the road, but I don't see mm-hmm. them as being anything that they can't get over. In fact, I think any challenge they face is just going to make them stronger as a couple. Mm-hmm. I think it's going to mm-hmm. give them a chance to prove to each other, like how much they love each other, how unconditional mm-hmm. their love for each other is, mm-hmm. um, you know, and, and really help them establish, I mm-hmm. guess, sort of like their strategies for communicating and handling obstacles together. Mm-hmm. Um, anything that they face, I see that happening. Like, that's mm-hmm. how I see no, that I going. It's going to be something that they either immediately tackle together or they struggle to tackle together or, mm-hmm. you know, maybe they falter a little bit before they handle it together. Something like mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm excited for mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then <clears throat> after Bretzy, we have a, a little cute plot here with our millennial trio. Mm-hmm. Which I don't, I think that's just what we're, we will always refer to them as, which I'm not mad about. And I could be wrong. Like, I feel like could, could they also be Gen Z? We don't know for sure, right? Like, uh, yeah, millennial is such a weird, it's such a long, like, if you look at what years it covers, like, as far as births, it's so long. So I don't I know. I mean, I guess they could be Gen Z, technically. I, just, I think so, probably they are. 
because it's just hard. It's just I we, I don't know. We'll we'll find out along the way. We still refer to them as such right now. So you know, we pretty early into the episode, Herman gives our three lovely, adorable next generation of the firehouse. Um, they're hefty, and I say hefty. Molly's tab because you know you go to the bar you're just like put it on my tab put it on my tab and it's, it's actually just it's, gallows though <laughs> it's gallows, it's well, it's gallows, gallows. It's just, yeah and but it's just you know it's realizing you know you can only put stuff on the tab so much before you actually have to pay it and right. so you know it's just it's and it's also at the same time it's like you are adorable little or second generation of the firehouse they're like this is their main gig and it's just like they kind of realize you know Maybe we also need to be doing something on the side. In addition to, you know, Gallo needs to clearly make some extra money to pay off his bar tab. <laughs> to so, pay off his bar tab. Yeah. Oh, and so no. they start just, you know, spitting out some fun ideas here and there. Quickly mention hot sauce. And, you know, no other firehouses do that for charity. And it's, you kind of get a little like Gallo's like, really? Like, come on, really? Come on. Um, and, you know, Violet then has a good idea. How about candles? Because, you know, candles, you burn them. Makes sense. And it, it it was ador- kind of hilariously adorable to, for Gallo to be like, what does that have to do with firefighters? Well, because he suggests, this is the part you have to remember, he suggests them becoming florists or something. And she's like, I know. What I know. does a florist have to do with firefighting? He's I like, what know. does a candle? <laughs> but I love, yeah. I love, like, what does a candle? And she's like, you light them I on light fire. Them on fire. <laughs> and it's just, oh, oh, Gallo. And then, you know, as per usual, poor Ritter like he's just the middleman in all of this every single time and he's having every single time balance they're crazy and it's just like has to bring them down to earth and it's just like you you he he deserves all the pats on the back for dealing with them in and out like that all the time and still comes back to them every single time (laughs) (laughs) he's almost too good of a friend like (laughs) he is honestly poor guy honestly I mean, basically, they they spend the episode fighting about everything, anything and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And not only does he like referee, but also when they're at Molly's, Gallo's like, hey, I'm low on cash. Can you cover me? And <laughs> like, he still does it. He does it because Ritter is just that nice of a guy. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. uh-huh. Oh, yeah. And basically, that trend continues for the rest of the episode. Everything uh-huh. is an argument. Ritter is the referee. Um, <laughs> and then uh, after the big apartment fire, Gallo is talking to Ritter about the feeling of like falling through the roof. Mm-hmm. And he's like, I mean, you hear people talk about it, but you really have no idea what it's like until it happens. And he goes on and he's like, it's like I had a thousand different thoughts all at once. And Ritter's like, were any of them good ideas for a business? And he's like, no. No. <laughs> Oh, and it's just like, it's once again, them being all adorable as usual. And, you know, it's so, and it's, they all kind of end up coming to Gala's apartment, which I still crack up with. Like, we see them all at Molly's, all they, we see them all at Molly's most of the time. So it's nice to, you know, for them to kind of be mm-hmm. back at Gala's place. <clears throat> and, you know, they, lo and behold, they find out their side gig because what I saw in promo photos was kombucha was actually some craft homemade beer that Gallo had been making. But we were right, though. But we were right, though, because we said it has to do with those bottles. It's whatever's in those bottles. Yes. And we were right. Yes. So yay us. (laughs) Yes. I mean, and technically, 
kombucha is like alcoholic to it, depending. I, most of the time, I think when you do make it at home, it tends it's, to be like yeah, alcoholic. It's fermented. Yeah. Yeah. So I was like, I was like 80% right. So I'm not mad about that. But it was just like, <laughs> it was, but it was like cool. They, they decided on it. And, you know, it'll be interesting to kind of see how it, um, you know, plays out a little bit. And just because I mean, Herman ends up showing up and it was hilarious because, well, he says to wait, you go ahead, Logan. <laughs> well, no, I was just gonna say also earlier, they like Gallo and Violet make a point to like not argue. And Ritter's like, if this is because of me like losing it earlier. And they're like, <laughs> I love this. Violet's like, no, no, no. Whenever yeah. Gallo almost dies for like two days, I stop thinking I want to kill him. <laughs> yeah. Which is sweet. Adorable. I love Violet so much. I know. Same here. Same here. She's amazing. But no, yeah, Herman does come by because he wants to ask Gallo about his florist cousin. Yeah, which, because that was for the baby shower. The baby right? shower for the yeah, decorations. The yeah. Shower. Yeah. And so, and, but I'm still interested because I feel like that could be an interesting thing down the road, you know, with them and their craft beer and Herman owning Molly's. Bar, Molly's. Serves beer. So that will be interesting, but it was a whole, and once again, as per usual, a hilarious line from Herman of, you three ever separate from each other? Bunch of weirdos. <laughs> it's just like, who do you hang out with at Molly's bar 24-7, dude? I love Herman calling them a bunch of weirdos. It's just, maybe we'll call them that from now on. We'll just call them bunch a bunch of weirdos. I'm okay. I like yeah, it. Yeah, we can do that. I like it. It's I like it. So funny. He was. I like he it. He comes to Gallo's apartment and insults Gallo. <laughs> like, it's like rude. rude. It's hilarious. It's so Herman. <laughs> oh, it is. It He's like, is. I need a favor. By the way, you're all a bunch of weirdos. <laughs> Just very classic. But it's amazing. Right there. It is classic very classic Herman. Herman. I love it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So, I mean, but that's, overall, yeah. what did you think of the episode? I loved it. I mean, it felt, a lot happened. It felt very, like, chaotic. There was so much going on. But that's mm-hmm. good, though, because it meant we got a balance mm-hmm. of, like, all mm-hmm. the characters. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I'm, it was sad at some points because there's so many changes happening at the firehouse. And, and you don't mm-hmm. really want to let go of the current group that we have. Mm-hmm. Um. But at the same time, I mean, growth happens, you know, mm-hmm. things have to change at some point, which poor Severide, we know he hates change. So <sighs> this is going to be, I think, the most challenging for him. Mm-hmm. Um, but and I, I loved, though, I loved the way they wrote Stellaride through all of this. I mean, it, that was oh, perfect. Absolutely. Um, I loved the way they wrote Bretzy in this episode. Same. Um, I mean, it was, like, the perfect first episode for them as a new couple. Like, their cute little mm-hmm. honeymoon phase. Which I feel mm-hmm. like, based on the episode descriptions, we're only going to have maybe one more episode of the honeymoon phase. Yeah. And then we get into, like, the real stuff. Um, so yeah. enjoy that while we have it, guys. Yeah. Um, and then I loved, like, Herman and Malch in this episode. I loved our, you know, bunch of weirdos, millennial trio. They were so funny. Um, like Daniel Keery, his like ability to be the straight man to like the crazy mm-hmm. is so mm-hmm. great. <laughs> he has well, some of the best like facial expressions and timing. Well, and I love just, it. I give him credit for not cracking because I would so easily freaking crack under so many of the gallo <laughs> and violet moments, and he's able mm-hmm. to keep that straight face. I give him so much credit for it. I love it. I love it. Um, so I can't wait to see more of that dynamic. 
Mm-hmm. Um, I cruise in this episode. You, I love Cruz and Chloe. So mm-hmm. everything that we got from them, I'm just super excited about. I'm also wondering when exactly is Chloe going to have this baby? <laughs> I, like I know she's been pregnant for a long time. I feel like um, mm-hmm. it's got to be soon, right? Like in the next few episodes, maybe. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's got to be soon. Um, and then of course we loved Bowden and Stella. I am telling you. If Bowden does not walk her down the aisle, I will. Um, <laughs> I don't. Gary know what Cox I'll is going to get it. a strongly worded letter. <laughs> because I mean, what production happens in Chicago? That's only a four-hour drive for me. I will go to Chicago if I have to. <laughs> I'll I go will. with you. We'll we'll go together and stand in solidarity. There's okay. two things like that, that just absolutely have to happen. The baby has to be named Brian mm-hmm. and Bowden has to walk Stella down the aisle. Those two things have to happen. If they do not happen, yeah, they... we will lodge a formal protest. <laughs> and I'm, I will say I'm a little annoyed we haven't had any discussion of baby names, really. Well, Violet did ask last season and Cruz like avoided the question. I know, but that's I'm was like, like so have... what are you naming your baby? I know, and that's where I'm a little bit, like, at the baby shower, that's usually, like, a common kind of cutesy kind of mm-hmm. thing kind of going around, of, and we got nothing. 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 <laughs> they don't want us to know, because they want us to cry when it happens. Uh-huh. Yeah, they're going to wait till <laughs> baby it. Brian is born. Yep. Yep, he's, they're going to, he's going to be born, and Joe's going to walk out into the little waiting room where, of course, all of 51 will be, and he's going to be started, like, Logan. He is. He's going to be like, baby's healthy, baby weighs this much, baby's name is Brian Cruz, it's going to happen. And, like, there's going to be this moment where all of 51 is just, like, silent and imperfect, and everybody's going to cry, and I'm going to cry. Be bawling my eyes out. It's going to be beautiful. (laughs) It will be. It genuinely will be. Just like I'm gonna cry, I'm not gonna be able to like see the screen for my tears when Bowden walks Stella down the aisle. That's gonna happen. Oh, I'm still I'm still of the mind. I need him to. I I I, I don't know why he couldn't do both of walking her down the aisle and then officiating. I I wouldn't be mad at it. <laughs> so I'm gonna. I mean, the, I'm gonna. He could do both. Why not? Yeah, yeah. Why not? But no, it's pretty much you and I have the same thoughts on Chicago Fire, which once again. Not surprising at all. Not surprising no. at all. No. I'm just, it It was, it did its job. A premiere is supposed to make you it excited did. for the season. Mm-hmm. And it, it definitely did that. Um, mm-hmm. So, I like, like, same thing with Med. I think the next two episodes are really going to tell us a lot more about the vibe of the season. Mm-hmm. Um, and give us an idea, a better idea of, like, What's going to happen with the Stellaride wedding or what's going to mm-hmm. happen with Stella in general? Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, how Bretzy's going to handle being a new couple. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, what's going to happen with the baby and Joe and Joe mm-hmm. obviously feeling some sort of after effects of the incident and him nearly drowning. What's going to happen with mm-hmm. that? So it definitely brought up a lot of questions, made me excited. And that's what it's supposed mm-hmm. to do. Mm-hmm. I'm telling you though, these first five episodes of Fire, they're going to kill us. Like, oh, they are. I know. They're going to comfort our hearts. Yes, they will. So we just have to make it through these first five <laughs> without just 
shattering every emotion we have in our bodies. I mean, we might shatter about 90%. We'll have a little bit left over, though. <laughs> we'll survive. <laughs> yes, we will. <laughs> we'll, we'll manage, I guess. <laughs> but yeah, I, I liked it. Mm-hmm. So now we get to move on to Chicago PD, season nine, episode one, closure? And I say closure with <laughs> question like, mark, <laughs> question mark, quota- like quotation marks around it because did we? Did anyone? And I mean, no, nobody got yeah, closure well, for anything. <laughs> yeah. So I'm still very confused by that, but you know, I don't know. And I mean, we'll, we'll just kind of dive right in in that, you know, a lot of this episode was the background for most of the episode was you know everything with Kim for the most part I would say like obviously there were still things going on that was like the actiony part of it but like a basis for the episode was what happened to Kim and everything kind of going on with yeah. her situation yeah well and without so, her situation you don't have any of the other plot for oh the exactly episode. exactly so yeah. that's what I said it's like more or less the basis but there's still a lot of other actiony stuff going on but of course they we couldn't go into the beginning of the episode without them pretty much showing entirely everything that happened to Kim in the entire season finale. So her getting kidnapped, oh. her getting like handcuffed, beat up, shot, and then like almost dying, dragging herself to the car. And I was just like, did we really need to recap every single part of this? <laughs> like, did you not right. need to it's cry not like over we, again? It's not like we've forgotten. It was pretty traumatic. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like, uh, nope, no chance of us not remembering that Kim was basically almost murdered. Dead. Yeah, dead, like almost dead, like so many times. And it, so that just, it hurt my soul seeing that all that over again for Kim. And it was just, it hurts so much. And we very quickly then get Adam, you know, arriving at the hospital, check in on Kim. Because, of course, he's watching Michaela, but it's, you know, he needs to come check on her. Because obviously, Atwater had called him said she's in the hospital but he needs to come check on her himself and you know I, I had I couldn't go an episode without saying he, he looked pretty damn good in that he flannel. had so, the lumberjack thing going and it yes, was working I liked it uh-huh. a lot <laughs> it was not supposed to be yes. the focus of that but I was I was not mad at the sight of the unbuttoned flannel with the black tank top underneath nope no it was good it was all good mm-hmm. very good mm-hmm. <laughs> and so the hard part of this is that everybody thought Roy was still in the wind when, you know, you know, it happened to Roy already, but it's, you know, it's just, that's the whole thought of like, where's Roy? Because he needs to pay for what he did to Kim, you know? Yep. And so it, that's kind of where that settles that with Adam for a minute, but he, Adam ends up going to talk to the doctor who is not Crockett, which I'm, we'll get to that in a minute. But very sad. He asked, should always be asked, Crockett. It, oh, honestly, I don't trust anybody else. It, no. He asked the doctor, is she all right? And the doctor says, she's in stable condition at the moment. And I'm like, like, really? You, you, you can't be any more descriptive than that? The, the very vague terms of she's fine for yeah. the moment. I'm like, go into detail a little bit more. Why don't you? Right. And that, I just, know you want to just adi- be like, that was not the question. <laughs> no, it was not. And it, he just had like, an attitude I'm sorry that doctor felt like he had an attitude of like don't ask me any more detail and it's just it's like excuse you do not know the lengths to to which Adam loves this woman (laughs) yeah he had no bedside manner like none no yeah it was was, that was pretty bad 
Not at Especially all. when you're working on a cop. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, obviously you know that this person went through a lot of trauma with their body. And you know that they mm-hmm. did it in service to, like, their community. So, like, mm-hmm. can you be a little nicer? Yeah, and it's it's not like she just had her appendix taken out. It's what? like, it's, it's, I mean, this is something completely different. So, it, I just did not enjoy most of that doctor for the most part. And <laughs> and so, like I said, we're, we're pretty much going through the whole Kim and Adam thing just because it's kind of... You gotta talk yeah. about it because it's just it is what it is, and then we're getting into some of the other nitty-gritty Everything else. things kind of yeah. going on. But what kind of got my heart a little bit, especially with Furzak, is this is like one of way too many instances of Kim being in a hospital bed yep. with Adam by her side. This is the third time now. Can I'm it like, not happen again? It needs to stop. I mean, I enjoy seeing it, but I hate the circumstances. I despise them. I, and I like. Can we have a happy? I, there's not a good reason to be in a hospital, but can it be like for something not bad happening, please? <laughs> like, please. Um, something not traumatic, please. And that's all I beg. And so you know, it's I. It's nice to see that Adam's just as concerned as we basically are on screen, and it's just I was just so mad. Like, please just give me Crockett. This guy's trying to be Crockett, and he's obviously not him. And I hate he's it. Not was, Crockett. Like, we want Crockett. He's not Crockett. Crockett is a good doctor there, and it's what Kim deserves. It's what she deserves. Right. We should just start a a chant that's like, we want Crockett. Crockett. We want Crockett. We want Crockett. Crockett. (laughs) Every time it's not Crockett, we'll just do that. (laughs) Seriously. Seriously, though. And I mean, another, like, really heartwarming thing I loved about this episode is, you know, uh, Kim chose Adam as Michaela's guardian for a reason. And it's, I still find it sweet, though, like, Adam kind of doubts himself, though. Like, I still feel like in this moment of, he doesn't trust himself, still. Yeah. The talk with Trudy, is that what you're talking about? I loved that moment. Yeah. Where he's like, yeah. do I, I mean, do I need to bring Michaela down here to say goodbye? Or, I mean, like, I want to protect Michaela from this, so do I mm-hmm. keep her away from it? Would mm-hmm. Kim, well, I don't know what Kim would want. And he's just sort of, like, floundering. And I love that Trudy's like, mm-hmm. there is no right answer. The right answer mm-hmm. is whatever you think the answer should be. Mm-hmm. Um, I love Trudy. And I was so happy mm-hmm. we got more of her in this episode. Because as much as she, like, rags on Kim, she adores uh, Kim Burgess. Oh, yeah. Completely. And I, we've, seen, we've seen that growth, especially over the season. Like, obviously, season one, I was not a fan of that kind of dynamic. But it grew into, like, a very, like, I hate to, mm-hmm. it's not, like, it's loving in its own way of like she, she Trudy realizes Kim is a cop like she she's earned her place and she she Trudy is all in for somebody who's worked their butt off to get where they are like she has oh yeah I so, I totally yeah. I totally think Trudy just loves Kim she won't say it out oh, loud absolutely. but I I think absolutely. she absolutely adores her absolutely um, but no I love that scene with the two of them it was so it was mm-hmm. I don't want to say sweet because Trudy's not necessarily sweet, but it was. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, it was her just being there and like being real and honest, which mm-hmm. doesn't happen that much with Trudy. No. But I would have, I honestly, I would have been like to, for some like funny moment, because we didn't really get any kind of like funny in this episode. Like sometimes we get little comedic moments in the episode to kind of balance out usually how dark and serious it is a little bit. Yeah. So I would have appreciated a little callback to the first time Kim was in the hospital and like Trudy was just reading like magazines like, near her <laughs> bedside. 
just like right. a little bit of comedic relief just like a little bit you know yeah but you know we didn't we didn't get that but you know it's it, it has a potential for it to happen otherwise this season and honestly like my favorite way that the episode kind of ended was you know there was Berzik some adorable Berzik moment and then also with Michaela too and that you know just after Adam's had this conversation with Trudy, he's back at it. It is at Kim's place. He's with Michaela, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, I mean, and that makes sense because they don't want to clue her in that anything's wrong. Oh, exactly. So, like, they're not going to take her away from like her home where she lives. Exactly. So, of course, Adam's exactly. going to go to her. Yeah. And so, first off, it's just being adorable because Adam's letting Michaela paint his nails, and it's, it's so like cute. <laughs> It is, I love it. It's so such much. like a girl dad thing, and it's it just, like, is. You just let your kid do whatever you want, like do whatever they want to let them be he's happy. A, and it, yeah, it made my heart so happy. It made my he's heart a total so. girl dad. He's a girl dad Absolutely. all the way through, and I love it. Absolutely. Absolutely. Oh, and this where he talks to Michaela, like he actually has that conversation with Michaela about it. Like I know he he, he does such a good job. And I love that he takes Michaela totally seriously. He doesn't try to dissuade her of anything. She says, um, I loved Michaela. She about made me cry several times because she was like, I know. Well, Kim is my best friend and I would want her there. So she would want me there. And I'm like, I it's know. such a simple kid way to look at it, but it's true. Mm-hmm. And I just like, I love that she called Kim her best friend. And I just wanted to like hug I her know. and just like, I, I love you. You're so precious. And it's just, I love it's, her so much. Oh, I know so much, but it's just that, and, and like I never even thought about it. But like you said, it's that Adam has this what honestly is an adult conversation that most people, like most adults, wouldn't want to have that conversation with the kid. They just make that decision for them. So yeah. it, Adam doesn't always get that credit to know how to like you know talk to like he's not always. I will give. I, I'm sorry, Adam is definitely not always the smartest guy, but in certain aspects he knows exactly how to handle a situation. And so in like, obviously the situation he, he knows about and cares about Michaela enough to like be straight up and honest with her of like, this is what's going on. And I, it's, you get to choose, like, do you want to go see her? I know it might, it might be scary, but do, if you want to go see her, I will take you to see her. And it's just, I, I love that seeing that and having that, it, having that real conversation. Yeah. It was a really great moment. I mean, and it mm-hmm. really did show how much like Adam's grown. Like as a uh-huh. as a person and uh-huh. um and how like ready he is to to be uh-huh. there for uh-huh. Michaela and Kim, um mm-hmm. yeah and I'm so excited about that and but when she woke up and Michaela had the platypus I was like oh no I'm gonna cry mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh my gosh my heart my heart and like grew like... five sizes and, you... and then exploded. I know, because you know how important stuffed animals are to children. So to be like, to kids, you're in pain. Here, take this favorite stuffed animal of mine to help it like comfort you and protect you right now. Oh, it was so it sweet. It was. It was genuinely so sweet. And so, and then you just have like that little cute moment between Kim and Michaela, and then you know Adam just being the adorable guardian that he is. He's letting them have their moment, and the camera just kind of pans to him. And he does this wink that I... Oh, man. Like, every woman watching just burst into flames. (laughs) So much. And as we all know, like, I'm sorry. Like, 
it could have been in the script, but I'm like 98% sure this is just Patty kind of being like, I know Adam Ruzik. I am Adam Ruzik. There's a wink in this moment. <laughs> it and it's seems just, like oh. Patty. Yeah, I think you're right about that. <laughs> yeah. And so it's, I was very happy to see that wink because it's like, I'm sorry, at this point, we had better be getting Berzik this season. Or I, once again, I will happily drive to Chicago because I, you can't be doing this to me this yeah. many times. No, it's been it's been long enough that they've been like struggling mm-hmm. with this will they won't they thing. It's mm-hmm. definitely time for them to start addressing it. Uh, maybe it doesn't get totally resolved early on, but at least yeah. they need to start mending those fences and and getting yeah. back to where they need to be. Yeah, and yeah. I think the hard part with this episode, and we'll obviously get into it because there was a lot of relationship development with Jay and Haley, and I know a lot of, like, I know a good handful of Burzak fans who were the most happy that we didn't necessarily get a little bit more, I think, conversation, you know, between what was happening between Adam and Kim a little bit, but, you know, I was still happy. We got a little bit of movement, but, you know, that's still, we've talked about it time and time again. PD doesn't always have the greatest balance, you know, when it comes to that kind yeah. of relationship quality in the episode. It's, it, it's getting a little bit better. It's still not 100% there but we're getting there a little bit so well yeah. I, and I think in this episode I don't think this was the episode for a conversation because I know and so that's the hard part yeah well because even yeah. if Kim had woken up earlier mm-hmm. I don't think that's really she's not really in the emotional headspace to have those oh, no, conversations and make I those agree. decisions so I feel like they went the right route with Burzik no I mean I did Making I just this... know yeah, some people no, were I know. looking I'm, I'm, for a little bit more. Right, yeah. but I'm I'm talking to those people is what I'm saying. I, I oh, feel yeah. like they went they went the right route because oh yeah, what you need to show is that Adam is doing what Kim would want him to mm-hmm. do. That he's being there for mm-hmm. the two of them. The conversations mm-hmm. can come at any point during the season, but Absolutely. while Kim is in that precarious position, mm-hmm. you need we needed to see Adam, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. and so I feel like they they did that correctly Mm -hmm. because you also want to give Kim Mm -hmm. time to recover before Mm -hmm. she makes any sort of decisions about changes in her life Mm -hmm. I mean Mm -hmm. I think um because she's got a lot going on just on her own apart from Adam (laughs) so Mm -hmm. yeah I I mean I feel like that was the right move um I think people might might be a little upset because you've had all hiatus to like imagine things in your head and how they would go but I I don't think this means anything bad for Burzik no no I don't either it's just you know it's the hard part is like as with anything you kind of build something up in your head over yeah, hiatus in your head and then it's definitely sure. something different than shows up on screen which you know I'm I'm used to it and so I, overall I was very happy with what we got but it's like I said some people probably want a little bit more I'm still very satisfied with what we got so I mean yeah I like what we got I thought it was great mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. you know <laughs> excuse me <coughs> Sorry about that. Oh, all good. Um, and so do you want to take the next little part? Because I'm a little parched to be quite honest after yeah. talking about Berserk for a good probably what, I think, <laughs> 10, 15 minutes. <laughs> You're fine. Um, well, so then the next plot we're going to talk about, it. we couldn't really separate Upstead from mm-hmm. Voight. So mm-hmm. he's sort of interwoven. So really, we're going to be talking about Voight, Jay, and Haley and intelligence mm-hmm. as a whole so basically the rest of the episode because <laughs> it mm-hmm. seemed like there were really only two plots in this episode mm-hmm. um you know um so it the first time we see Voight he's burning Roy's 
belongings, which face palm, mm. same old boy. He's never going to change. Uh, nope. Uh, yeah. Not and then less. we, see, yeah. And then we see the upset proposal, like more of it. Um, mm-hmm. and I liked, I liked this because it gave me more of like a insight into Haley's head mm-hmm. as to like what she was thinking and why, because they sort of start to talk about it. They don't talk about it too much in this particular moment because mm-hmm. they have to go. They have to go to the hospital. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but they do say, like, the exchange is, I don't want to be without you. And Jay's like, well, Haley, I don't want to be without you. But that doesn't mean and she kind of cuts him off. Um, mm-hmm. And then she goes on to explain, like, I want to start a new chapter, a better chapter with you. Um, and I can totally see that being the logic behind her proposal in that moment where it's like mm-hmm. she feels like her life is pretty much at its worst because of what just happened with Voight and mm-hmm. she just wants something that's fresh and new and healthy mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. and I totally get that I get that Absolutely. Um, yeah so then we go from there to intelligence and Trudy um, at the hospital Um sort of getting an update on Kim and then Miller is basically telling Voight like I'm going to give this to another unit you guys you know you've got too much going on I'm not going to give it to anybody else and Voight because he knows he knows (laughs) that the only way to cover it up is for them to investigate it he's like Mm -hmm. no this is ours we're going to handle it nobody else is going to handle this but Miller is like determined to get the get Roy off the street now we Mm -hmm. know Roy is no longer on the street but she does not so she's determined Um, Mm -hmm. and while they're discussing that Trudy walks up and is like telling them like hey so we got calls for reports of uh, his car outside of this warehouse at this time and then later that same day we got calls reporting gunshots in that same location she's like maybe we got lucky and somebody shot this prick (laughs) well somebody did probably not Mm -hmm. who you were thinking um mm-hmm. but then Voight um also Adam stays behind because his focus mm-hmm. needs to be on Kim. And then the mm-hmm. rest of them go out and sort of investigate this lead that they have now. Um and Haley is is freaking out, understandably so. Um mm-hmm. she's just like, What are we doing? And he's like, Stop. She's like, What the hell are we doing? And like literally that's me. Like that was me the whole episode, like what? What are you doing? Why are you doing mm-hmm. this? This is stupid. Voight. Like, I was so mad at Voight. Because he spent all of last season trying to correct her from becoming him. And mm-hmm. now suddenly in the premiere, he's, like, basically giving her the play-by-play of how Hank Voight does things. Yep. And I'm like, you make no sense. Nope. None whatsoever. So... Like, why are you putting Haley through this? You're, I just, uh, I want to punch him in the throat. I, I hate him. I hate him. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And then they get to the warehouse and he sends Jay and Kevin off to do other things. And he makes Haley work the scene because he's like, we need your DNA in here. And I'm like, I just, I want to strangle you so mm-hmm. bad. So mm-hmm. bad. I, I, oh my gosh. I'm sorry for people who are fans of Voight. I know you exist, but I am not one. Mm -mm. I am not one. Mm -mm. Um, 
So that keeps going, basically. They keep butting heads over, like, what what they're doing, how they're doing it. Um, Voight basically keeps telling her to calm down, and I... I oh, uh-uh. Nope. <sighs> it's just so it's a, ridiculous. Uh-uh. It's to tell Haley to calm down. I, I did appreciate that basically the a fair amount of the Twitter universe was like pissed off that boy said that I was just like don't you fucking dare tell her to calm down no, no. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. and like I, I appreciated that Haley did at one point just be like look this is the situation we're in this is not mm-hmm. good yeah. um, you know she tried to lay down the law whenever she could but she's in over her head so she unfortunately mm-hmm. I feel like she felt like she had to follow somebody's lead because she doesn't know what she's doing. No. Um, yeah. And then Hank Voigt, you know, same old Hank Voigt we've always had. Deleting evidence. You know. Yeah. Uh, doing things off the books. Just so many laws being broken. Mm-hmm. And never once does he face any sort of consequence for any of it ever at all. Mm-hmm. No. Mm-hmm. Not once. Nope. And, you know, during while well, all of this is going on, I, I feel like Jay has always had, like, like a spidey sense to him of, like, when something's up, he knows something is up. And uh-huh. it just, he just knows something is on. Like, obviously, as, you know, they have been getting <clears throat> the evidence from the warehouse, it's like, eh, you good, and that's kind of not great. And then, obviously, as, and I can't remember, it's not, obviously, they already had gotten Roy who was the guy that they were chasing this up ep- this episode more or less that had taken the video? Do you remember his name? I for the life no, of me. I don't remember his name, but he was an associate of Roy's. Yeah, an associate, associate um, of Roy's. And so they they eventually catch up to him. They find him. He then goes on a foot pursuit, and Haley's not doing so great, and so she like doesn't catch up to him. Loses she's in the middle of the street, loses yeah. him, and we see her lose him. But really, she stops, and Jay comes up behind her. And he's like, "She's like, I lost the suspect." And like, he's like, "You lost the suspect? Like, when does that happen?" And it's just he. Jay gets the sense that something is going on, but he can't. He like he obviously <clears throat> he knows something is up, but he can't put his finger on it. Well, yeah, on. especially especially after like when Hank gets there and Haley's not on scene, and Hank's like, "Where's Upton?" Jay's like, "I'll go find mm-hmm. her." And he finds her mm-hmm. in the alley, basically, like, throwing up her guts because she's so anxious about everything. Mm-hmm. Like, that mm-hmm. would clue you in for sure, if nothing else did. Where you're like, you mm-hmm. don't do this ever. Why are you doing this now? Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Which is basically the conversation that they have. And she kind of puts it on Kim being in the hospital. Um, yeah. But of course he notices. He He, mm-hmm. he loves everything about her. He's worked with her for years. Mm-hmm. He knows mm-hmm. everything about her. Um, yeah, I mean, it basically, that just continues with Hank and and Haley butting heads all the time, and Haley really just yeah. wanting to come clean because she feels like there's no way they're going to get away with it. Mm-hmm. Um, which they shouldn't. There shouldn't have been any no. way that they got away with it. No, uh, uh-uh. uh, but you know, of course, because it's Hank Voigt. Uh, no happens never. No, never, ever. Um, 
So this guy like corners, he gets himself cornered in this building and he takes a hostage, right? Like there's a girl that he takes mm-hmm. hostage. So they have to um, sort of tread lightly and Hank and Haley go up first. Um, but the guy is asking for a, like a, a higher up because he has information that he wants mm-hmm. to provide to someone, but he doesn't want to provide it to Voight and Upton, of course, because mm-hmm. they're the ones that he has the video footage of that he knows killed Roy. Mm-hmm. So he doesn't want to talk to them. And <laughs> this was the part with Kevin that I, I thought was maybe trying for humor where Miller was like, I'm going up there. And Kevin was like, that is a very bad idea. <laughs> Please don't do that. <laughs> mm-hmm. And she does it anyway, of course, and he has to go with her. He just kind of like sighs and shrugs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like poor Kevin. Mm-hmm. Um, mm. Which not enough Kevin in this premiere, by the way. Can we no. say that? No, he I'm like, really he... upset that there wasn't more Kevin. <laughs> Seriously, um, yeah, Seriously. that's a problem. Uh, anyway, yeah, just, so they and, but just remember, we're gonna get a love interest for Kevin at some point this season, so yeah, it, so it should hopefully down south. Yeah. Oh my gosh, I'm so excited. Ah, anyways. Um, so they're up there trying to talk to the guy and, and Voight is sticking with his like, just wing it policy, which if I were, I, I mean, would drive me up a wall because which, how do things always work out with you for him? I, I don't know. It shouldn't because for <sighs> how much he just like, let's just see how it goes. It shouldn't work out as well as it does no. for him every single time. No. And then see what happens is <clears throat> they're all in this warehouse. There's like a row of windows, and we saw that Jay positioned himself on the roof with a rifle. Uh, woo, woo, sniper Jay is back. Sniper Jay is back. <laughs> we do I have mean, it's sniper not Jay. good, but he like he does it so well. He does, and it it's a good look. It's a good look. Um, it is. So anyway, because of the hostage situation and all of that, he just. The guy gets himself in the right position in Jay's crosshairs, and just as things are about to sort of come to a head, he shoots him in the neck. And Miller gets there just about that time, so the guy doesn't get to tell anybody anything. And they keep him alive until he gets to med, but he dies. So whatever information he has dies with him. Which, just once again... Hank, boy, I literally, I don't know how Hank has this luck. Like, he needs to play the lottery because no, literally, there's no other way this can work out this well for him. He made a deal with the devil. He went down to the crossroads. Oh, yes. That's what he did. That's the only way. Mm -hmm. That's the only way that Mm -hmm. works. It Mm -hmm. makes no sense otherwise. Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, you know, Voight never faces any consequences um, ever at all uh so that's convenient uh anyway and then they go back to the hospital visit with kim now that she's awake um and this is sort of set up for what we've been told is going to happen where we're going to get more kim and Haley this season um which about damn time um like we're season nine into it and how long has Haley yeah. been on yeah like since season like, four seriously like come yeah. on it's crazy um but they have a conversation where Kim basically asks Haley about the guy who shot her um, and if they'd gotten him yet. And Haley knows <sighs> the guy's dead. He's not a threat anymore. But she can't tell mm-hmm. Kim that. 
Mm-hmm. So she tells Kim that he's still out there. He's still in the wind, which. Gosh, poor oh, Kim. Just... Uh, and poor Haley. For, for both of them. Yeah. It's a terrible, terrible situation for them to be in. And I'm I'm mm-hmm. really worried about when it finally comes out because you know it's going to happen. It is. And it's not going to be pretty. No. I just hope it doesn't all blow back on Haley. Like that wouldn't that's not fair. <laughs> yeah, I don't fair. think it is, but it's it's gonna like I I in the hope that that storyline should be true that I need I like they don't have to get close to each other, but I would like to see it cuz obviously intelligence is a tough unit and like to have a camaraderie with the, the only other female member in the unit, I would enjoy that. And so for it to kind of yeah. build off of this what is essentially a lie and like I don't like I don't think like Kim doesn't seem like the person to eventually you know hold that against her she's gonna be mad at her for it but yeah not gonna hold it against her right yeah and so then we finally get Jay and Haley again talking about the proposal from the beginning of the episode oh which (laughs) I oh which I I still I'm I was kind of a little bit off because you know it's once again, I'm glad they're having an adult conversation because, you know, it's Jay actually saying to Haley, why do you want to get married? And it's like, that's what, that's what my whole thing was this entire time of, I just didn't want them to have a conversation about it. Yeah, me too. It shouldn't just be a spur of the moment thing because they both have been through so much in their lives. I want you to do, go about this in an adult, rational manner. Like, obviously, there's still stuff going on in the background with Haley that will need to be addressed. But I'm also just going to enjoy this moment for what it was. And that, you know, Haley lays all our cards out on the table. And it, I, it kind of sums it up into the one quote I kind of pulled from their kind of conversation. There was still much more that was also going on. But it's just that, you know, she said, because I want to be with you, I want us. And I feel like, you know, it's she... And it's, I've always been a big person, like with eye contact, especially she looks at Jay deeply when she says, and you could tell he could sense that that's what she wanted. Yeah. And it, it, it wasn't like just this, spur, I mean, it still in part feels like spur of the moment thing, but you know, it came from somewhat of a, a genuine place. place. Yeah. Yes. A, a genuine mm-hmm. place. It's not mm-hmm. some sort of, I mean, I guess it is a little bit of a, a panic reaction, but to the extent yeah. that she she seeks comfort in Jay. Like, not to the extent mm-hmm. that, like, she has any sort of ill intent in mm-hmm. it. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, uh, I think I think that she was, she is very genuine. And you could tell that mm-hmm. when they embellished on it in the beginning of the episode. Um, mm-hmm. That it is mm-hmm. something she genuinely wants. It just happens to have terrible timing. And she just happened Correct. to realize it at a very bad time. Um, Correct. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, yeah, I, I feel like this is something that we're allowed to be conflicted about. We can be happy about it, but yeah. at the same time, be sort of worried about what's going to happen with it later. Yeah. Um, the hard part is, like, we want them to be happy, but we, we still want it to be for genuine and good reasons and not just out of, you know, Haley being afraid that it's all going to go away at the drop of a hat, you know? Right. Well, that and, I mean if they're going to be engaged, you want to be confident that when this all comes out, that it's not going to send Jay running. Um, mm-hmm. You know, and I, I don't, I don't feel like he would, but I do think it might cause a rift, like a, a trust mm-hmm. issue. Um, yeah. So, you know, we're allowed to be happy about it, but also be concerned mm-hmm. at mm-hmm. the same time. Um, but and- I loved 
this moment. Yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah. No, you go ahead, Logan. You go. I was just going to say, I love this moment for what it was, though. Like, if you just take oh, this moment absolutely. on its own and don't consider anything else, it was so mm-hmm. cute and romantic mm-hmm. and just sweet. Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. I love I love that you pulled this quote out because this is what stuck out to me where he's like, I've known for years that I wanted it to be you and me. And I'm like, mm-hmm. years? How how mm-hmm. far back are we talking? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I need to know mm-hmm. when, when exactly. Mm-hmm. Day, let me know. What was the exact mm-hmm. moment? I, I have questions. Uh-huh. I, know. <laughs> I have really good I mean, questions that I'd really like the answers to. <laughs> and I just, I even loved before he started going into that, he actually, he said yes to her because it's like, I, I appreciate it. He knew he needed to not, I hate to say validate. He knew he needed to answer her. Like it, mm-hmm. it wasn't those things mm-hmm. of like, he wasn't just going to then want, I it was I think it was adorable that he then went into his own little mini proposal within the proposal, but it's <laughs> that he gave her that sense of calm of like, I'm saying yes to you, but now I want you to say yes to me. Right. I, I loved when he got down on his knees. She was like, you don't have to do that. I've already oh, proposed. Cool. And he was like, I'm, I'm old fashioned. <laughs> I was like, mm-hmm. you're really cute. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's adorable. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I loved that moment. Um, and, you know, I'm not like the most devout of upset chippers. I've said that before. Yeah. But this, yeah. I felt like this was a really well done moment. And it, it is very layered and nuanced. So that's mm-hmm. that's hard to do because there's so much going on. Mm-hmm you know, behind the scenes in Haley's mind, but also in this scene alone with all of their emotions. Mm-hmm. So it was done really well. I, I mean, I, mm-hmm. I liked it a lot. I swooned. I thought it was cute. Oh, I did. And I just, to remember where we were at the season finale, I'm like, I don't know how this is going to go. And I yeah. was like, and so I was genuinely and happily surprised that they're engaged now when I'm interested to see how that goes over how it goes yeah if they're gonna mention it (laughs) yeah i and that's the thing both of us were sort of like when we saw that proposal in the finale we were kind of like i don't know yeah i don't know what this is but they did a really good job with it in the premiere making it feel like something that you want to happen you know like Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. even if you're a little worried about it you're like okay yep yep nope they need to get married Mm -hmm. that's a good idea Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) um so i like that they handled it really well um Mm -hmm. you know there are some things that i'm i missed in this episode like kevin i would have liked more of kevin um more kevin more trudy still i mean we did get a little bit but i want more trudy i want more trudy yeah i mean there are things i I could have done with less void (laughs) uh less void and more other people that would that would be nice. Um, I know, and and I mentioned like I need. I mean, Grant. I, under, I mean, I understood why you know Haley and Hank needing to work together, and if they work together very loosely, I just don't want them part. I don't want them to continue to partner with each other. No, it's it, no. I don't like it. I don't. Like yeah, it at I don't all. like that either. Not a fan of that either. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, that that's everything. So I know. We did it. We did. Wow. How did you feel about this episode? I thought it was good. Like, I think, I mean, it's still, it was, it's tied up in certain parts. And it's just, I think I, it's just, it's like, I liked it. I don't know if I loved it. Like, there were parts of it I loved, but then parts of it, mm-hmm. it I think what brought it down is like, I know I never should have expected Hank to turn over a new leaf, but it's like, we're back to square one with like, yeah evil bad hank and i'm just like 
we can only do this so many times especially just, in the world as it is today i know like, it, like it's not gonna fly it's not gonna fly you can't keep doing speaking as like a writer you you can't keep promising that you're going to do better mm-hmm. and then fall back into the same old traps unless there are some sort of consequences that your character who's mm-hmm. falling into the same old behaviors faces mm-hmm. like for me the only way i could see hank saving this in any measure of the word is if it comes to a point where they're caught and it's all going to fall down on haley where he mm-hmm. stands up and says no no it was me she had nothing to do with it mm-hmm. and he goes to jail and takes the fall or something you know that is literally i will be I will be genuinely surprised if that happens, but you know, it's, yeah. I, I would like Me to too. be surprised. I would Me like too. To I'm, be surprised. I'm saying that's the only circumstance where I can see that anybody like Hank Voigt recovers from this mm-hmm. at all. Mm-hmm. And that still doesn't fix everything, <laughs> but it would be something. And I don't see them doing that because they seem to like to let Hank get away with things. I know. And then they punish other people for it. I mean, come on, think about it. They Aaron, Al. I know. I know. I mean, everybody <sighs> everybody else is punished for things Voight does. Justin. Mm-hmm. I know. And so it's I'm trying to think of like what do I want to see from this season? I still need more Berzek and like adorable Berzek plus Michaela cuteness. I need it. Like I just oh it's family outing with family all outing of adorable them. please it. and it's just the only thing is so I I need Stella Ride to get married before Upset I mean I I love <laughs> Upset but like Stella Ride has been through a lot but also I mean Upset it but it's just like I need Stella Ride to happen slightly before but it's just you know I think it'd be interesting to see a married dynamic and intelligence so I'd like bring it like but, I like, think it I would just, be too. I still feel like if they're going to be married or dating or engaged, they need to not be partnered together. Mm-hmm. I still it's, it's, feel that way. And I know a lot of people don't want them to be separated, but I just feel like it would take a lot of the pressure off of both of them mm-hmm. if they were partnered with well, other people, especially if they're going to keep going with this Haley is the darkness to Jay's light thing, which I yeah. hate. But if they're yeah. going to keep doing that, then they need to separate them so that Haley's not constantly stressed out about corrupting Jay. I know. And we've had this conversation of, like, you shouldn't be with your spouse 24-7 either. Like, yeah, that's too much time together. That's too much yeah. time. So, it's, yeah, so we, all that, Kevin's love interest had better stay around. Like, oh, Kevin's man. love for a long period of time. I am so excited. They better. It's better be good. It better be good. Mm -hmm. That's all I gotta say. Mm -hmm. Because it has been far too long. I Mm -hmm. like. I thought they were gonna go there with Rojas, and then they got rid of her, and Mm -hmm. I was so mad because Mm -hmm. Rowater could have been amazing. Um, it had such potential. So they better give me something just as good as Rowater. Better Mm -hmm. sell me on it. Sell me on it, please. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I mean, I I enjoyed it. I I'm with you. I think there are things that could have been better. Things I could have done without. Things I would have liked to have had. Mm-hmm. 
honestly at this point I really just wish the show was about the unit without Voight I have not agreement with you on that yeah because everything that I don't like about it is because of him mm-hmm. and it's like, and it's like so, we said multiple times you can only do the same storyline so many times yeah yeah and it gets it does it gets old and it gets boring mm-hmm. and like this episode I think I told my mom because we watched it together I said I'm so bored during the Voight parts because I know exactly what's going to happen I know what he's going to mm-hmm. do I know what he's going to say mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I know it's all going to work out in his favor it's just it's not uh, it doesn't keep you on the edge of your seat the way they think it does mm-hmm. <laughs> you know <laughs> No, Unless you're watching the show for the first time and you're, you know, amazed that somebody like Voight is in charge of a police unit, mm-hmm. it's not gonna, it's not gonna keep you on the edge of your seat every time mm-hmm. it happens. Uh, <laughs> so, I don't know. We'll see what they do going forward. Yeah. Hopefully, they learn some things uh, and change some things, and mm-hmm. maybe someday Voight will uh, have a consequence to something that he does. That That's doesn't include question. somebody dying for him. Yeah, we'll, we'll have to see about that. I don't know. So, but yeah. But, I mean, I, mean I, liked, I liked the upset stuff. I liked the Burzek stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, li- I loved Trudy in this episode. As always. Yep. Um, I mean, and Michaela. Michaela was oh. so precious. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, I, I liked it. Like I said, Mm -hmm. there are some things I would change, but overall, I thought it was good. I agree. I agree. So, I mean, that's pretty much it, Logan, because you know what? We got another batch of new episodes this upcoming Wednesday. I know. I'm trying to make sure I get the date right. Wednesday, September 29th, which feels crazy. Oh, my gosh. I know. Well, and plus, I guess this is a good time to remind people. During this season, typically we do bi-weekly episodes. Mm-hmm. Well, we're trying it this year. We're going to do bi-weekly. However, this one we're going to post on its own because it's a special mm-hmm. episode about the premiere. So mm-hmm. you're not going to hear from us um, after immediately after the next episode. We'll do two mm-hmm. ep- episodes of each show in mm-hmm. the next one. So that's going to be a long episode. So just, you know, be prepared. Be prepared for that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But this one is just the premieres because it's special. Mm-hmm. And when it's special, we will immediately talk about it. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> well, and, it's, we, and we were wrapping up a little bit of like season finale storylines too. So it was, a, True. it was a lot to talk Good about. Point. And technically one episode, but it was really talking about like a bit about the finales too. Because a lot of them led into what had happened in the yep. previous episode. And that's so. very true. That's very, very mm-hmm. true. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, yeah, so bi-weekly probably from here on out. Um, so just keep that in mind. Uh, we try to post on, we're going to try and post on Tuesdays. Mm-hmm. Um, that way you can listen to it before the next episode. Mm-hmm. We hope. We hope. Yeah. So, we'll, we'll keep <laughs> so. you updated. So just keep keep an eye on our Twitter because that's where we're probably going to update. And also Instagram as well. So just kind of keep yep. an eye out. We'll keep you updated and you can like it, mm-hmm. comment, ask any single question you guys have. So, yep. And the, uh, just as a reminder, the Twitter is ladies at Molly's and the mm-hmm. Instagram is ladies night at Molly's. Mm-hmm. Um, you can find me and Kim individually. 
um, on Twitter for sure. I am a little extra that way uh, on Twitter, which is a Bretzy reference. Thank you very much. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> and Kim, you are? I'm the other Kim K, and that's both on Twitter and Instagram, though there's different underscores between them because, of course, that's how <laughs> the internet works. So you can't, uh, it's very rare you can always get the same username. So if you just search the yeah. other Kim K, you'll see, you'll find me eventually it's- there. It's like in Lord of the Rings where you have to speak friend to enter to to follow Kim. You have to guess where the underscores go. Yeah, pretty much. It's pretty it's much. the exact same. If you're if you're worthy of it, you'll figure it out. <laughs> yes. yes. Or you can always just go to either of our accounts and you'll find that's true. Following each other. Our our I usernames know. are our Twitter users are also tagged in the profile yes. for the ladies at Molly's yes. account. So, so you easy can find enough them there. there. That's yeah. the cheat for you. Yep. 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 <laughs> but yep, it's the last call. Yes, it is. Wrapping up. Uh, Uh This has been fun. I was so excited Uh to talk about these episodes with you because we haven't really Uh had a chance. Uh I was so excited. Um, Yeah, this was it was a really great premiere night. I'm excited to see what happens from here. I know. I'm excited to talk about it all with you. Every time, I'm so excited. I'm so excited. I can't wait. It's going to be great. Um, Uh So yeah, looking forward to it, and hope you guys will keep a check on the episodes and keep listening Mm -hmm. and interacting with us on Twitter and everything. Mm -hmm. All right. We're out of here. Bye. Bye.